from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have Marielle here to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. I feel like if I went outside right now, I'd see a lot of ice-type Pokemon. Do it. I still can't record videos. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 306, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about new revolutionary Pokemon games that have been released and other companies buying other companies again for this week. We're your hosts. I'm Trey, drunk alpha hunter Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Everything is crafted. Mikowski. I'm John, self-promotion knitter. And we have a guest this week. I'm Marielle Kitty Cat Bokor, because the ears. Oh yeah, <laughs> for the for the video for the pe- for the people that can see it, yeah, exactly. Didn't you have a cat incident also that you're saying, or you said an animal incident? It, no, it was a cat. I had to chase her down. So yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe that was going to reference the cat stuff. No, it's mostly just because the headphones. Because uh, these are my best set of headphones right now, and no one can avoid mentioning the kitty cat ears. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. How's the storm? Uh, we're uh, just want to mention, you know, for anybody who's listening we're recording I'm, I'm recording in the chicago area and it's been snowing for like the past like i don't know 13 hours or so and it's supposed to snow for the next like 30 some hours here so we're supposed to get like 10 inches of snow in chicago so it's pretty snowy it's pretty white outside yeah, yeah. the great white north missed it somehow we are i'm an, an hour north of you and i i got i don't know five inches of snow and we're cool oh you, you must i was saying you must be getting some of it if it's supposed to go through tomorrow night, <laughs> from what I heard, or kind of off and on, but it's still around like 20 some percent. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of waiting for the rest of it to hit, but right now it just looks normal, weirdly. Well, I think for I'm you, five in inches Michigan. of snow is not as big of a deal, it sounds like. I'm over in because... Michigan, and it seems like I don't know, it hasn't really hit here yet. Like it's been sort of drizzling snow over here a little bit. And I got a notice from my landlord saying that they're prepping the driveways and all that for whatever's to come. So uh, maybe in a couple hours, we'll be in the chicago situation i don't know at least they're prepared Mm -hmm. i'm looking at about four inches here probably but it's drifting a lot i'm down more in central illinois in a champagne and pretty much everything closed today which is strange i can't believe that yeah pretty we have pretty good infrastructure here and you know since it's a i guess it's like still kind of a city even though it's kind of rural at the same time we still have, tend to keep all the roads clear and stuff during bad weather but yeah everything everybody was just like we're just closing like my job closed officially as of like five last night they were just like yeah we're closing that like jinxes it to me i think that as soon as they close in advance and they get all the plows ready and stuff then it's not gonna happen you know what i mean that's like my cynical view on snowstorms like if it's gonna pop up and people are like oh it's not gonna be a big deal then it's gonna be a big deal but if everyone's like we're totally prepared then it's not gonna happen i mean like that's my personal little weird superstition about it but obviously chicago is proving me wrong right now yeah, I, find, I found it weird that they closed so early because you said that they were closing before 
it had even started, right, Jeremy? Or yeah. I guess it had just been. I think just, been just everything else was closing, and I think it was kind of probably getting to the point where somebody was going to be like, "Well, this business isn't closing yet. Are they going to force their employee?" You know, I think that was getting to that point where, since everybody else was doing it, like they're just like, "Uh, we're doing it too." Because even like the tattoo shops closed down and stuff, which they like never do. There was well before like the pandemic and all that, where everything closed. There was like that one winter in Chicago where it was like so cold that it was like negative thirty below or something like that, and everything closed just because it was so fucking cold. And it wasn't even that snowmageddon; it was the year after that mm-hmm. where it was where that that was the actual worst winter. Like that snowmageddon was like one day. Like this one was like three months of just shitty winter, like for a whole. It was ridiculous. And I remember like everything closed, like the bar, like even the bar that I worked at, which was like a small, like family owned bar. Like even they were like, just like, don't come in. You know, it's too, it's too ridiculous. Nobody's out. Like, and like, I remember like all of Milwaukee, like there's like the big, like chain of bars and all that over by where I live and they just all closed. And I was like, wow. And there was one night where the guy called me, the owner, and he's like, do you want to, you know, you can come in if if you want. And I went in anyway. And and some, and some people still came in, like some of the regulars still came in, but it was really, really cold. That's the only time I remember like them, like closing earlier, but that was like that whole week was cold and it was supposed to be like really, really cold that night. So. You know it's serious if bars are closing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, like that's the last bastion of civilization. So if it closes down, that that's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's what where I, you go to escape your family on the holidays. You know, <laughs> that, that's what I why I always like when well before the pandemic happened, I was always like, they're never going to close down the bars in Chicago. Never, like they only did it that one time when it was cold. I just didn't believe it, but then you know, but here we are. Here we are, two years later, and it's still kind of whatever. <laughs> but Marielle, uh, can you talk to us just real quick at the beginning about like uh? third coast review and all that that you do um so i am an editor at third coast review um i edit beyond and art and museums um you last week you guys had my husband on who's the editor of games and tech there um but uh i help out with games and tech because i've been a gamer my whole life um and just for those who are curious beyond means suburbs and anything unusual uh that we want to cover which is one of my favorite things. If it's like a wacky event that's happening that's just unique or strange, then I'm there for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I do at Third Coast Review. And um, like I said, I love to help out with the games and tech section because there are a lot of games to cover all the time. And I have found a specific love for like indie games, uh, especially narrative driven ones. So that's kind of something that I've done a lot of with um, Third Coast. And there, there's a lot of those on Switch too, from from what I've seen. Like, uh, are, are you saying like a uh, like kind of like the visual novel stuff, or just um, just? Um, yeah, some of that. I mean, there are a lot of visual novel indies. I think a lot of people. There are a lot of those. Um, I'll do mostly anything. I do like narrative games, and I've taken on a lot more narrative since I started covering Ludo Naricon. Um, but yeah, I think Nintendo Switch is like great for indies. Because I like to be able to like travel with a bunch of games that I can get into, and I a lot of I tend to get a lot of codes for Switch that are indie games. Um, but I it's a great like indie platform, I think, and I think that it's like tailored to it specifically, probably just because I almost think it's because it's not as powerful as the other consoles, so like it's it has to focus on something other than triple A's, but also just that because it's portable, it's just easy to take it anywhere and like do a quick bite of any kind of indie game you want to try you know is there a particular uh, review that you enjoyed doing oh gosh um well i really liked i really liked lost words beyond the page which was terry pratchett's daughter um did a, a an indie game that came out this year and basically there's this girl and she's going through a whole bunch of 
loss and changes and the game is played inside of her actual journal um but also in this fantasy world that she's writing about which is you know of course neat because of terry pratchett and stuff like that and all his fantasy that he created and she kind of his daughter writes for video games um she's done a lot of stuff but this was her like personal thing and it was really emotional but it was really good too and then mechanics were really cool because whenever you were inside the journal um it was you're like actually climbing on words and you would have to like watch for things getting erased and things it was just a really neat like unusual mechanic but then those words that you had in the journal would become power words inside the game and if you use them you like wielded them like different weapons and then they would work like that so it was really cool also um i have to say this boyfriend dungeon was really cool and unexpectedly had a really deep story and it was just fun i mean it was kind of eight or nine hours but it was super fun yeah I, yeah i heard i heard a lot about about boyfriend dungeon yeah, people. And I remember the other one that. too. I remember hearing about that and being interested in that at the time. Yeah, it's a. Uh, give that a second look. It's it's pretty. Yeah, I just I just marked it on my wish list. It's a it's like fourteen ninety nine, so it's not it's not too expensive. But yeah, it looks it looks really pretty. I don't know I don't know how I missed it. It's really cool. It's it's pretty solid all around. There's some stuff I would change about it, but like mm, for the most part, it's really satisfying. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we uh yeah we had a uh, Antol on on last week. And uh, he said that you were that you were really interested in Pokemon Legends Arceus, so I thought I was like, hey, he should you should come back and talk about it because we didn't talk about it yet. But um, oh god, yes, absolutely, yeah. I I was hyped for it, and I literally should have slept more this last couple of days <laughs> getting ready for this podcast. But I have been catching Pokemon instead. So. Awesome. Well, uh, let's let's start off the show how we normally do and talk about games that we bought and games that we've been playing for the week. Yeah. Uh, Mario, why don't you start first and talk about everything that you have that isn't Pokemon Arceus, and then we'll all talk about it together. Well, well, three of us will. (laughs) It sort of ate my life this week, like my whole life. Um, So I was also reviewing a game called Paparazzi. I don't know if you heard anything about that game. I haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually by the same people, uh, Kid Fox Games, that made Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, Well, kind of. They were the, the publisher, and I they listed the developer one place, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not sure. Because Sunday Month was listed one place as the developer, and then they were listed also. But um, basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. You go around and you take pictures of cute dogs. Mm. Um, so it's pretty light fare. Like, there's not really anything super serious about it. Um, it's really cute. Uh, I, I actually have a love-hate relationship with cute games because a lot of times they're like, it's cute, and then you're supposed to just forgive it having horrible mechanics and like just tons of bugs and stuff like that i've had a lot of games where i've been like this is a great idea on paper but then it's super horrible uh paparazzi was actually pretty good it wasn't anything like groundbreaking but it was a nice like fun little thing to do they have a lot of little photo challenges and there's a whole bunch of filters and things like that um it's it's fun it's a lot of fun it's casual uh is and it a fully 3D game? Not no, it's a it's a like a 2D sort of game, kind of. Okay. It's like my my husband calls it like two and a half D, like chicory. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like Paper Mario. I remember that was the first time I ever heard that term. Two and a half D was Paper Mario. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, and I, it's it's fun. I liked it. The dogs are cute. It's there's a lot of silly things that happen. Um, I mean, like it's okay. Uh, I I want to say like I don't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just kind of one of those things I was like, oh, this was kind of fun for a couple hours. Um, and, you know, that's about it. Um, the other thing I usually like to talk about and I play every single week for the most part is Deep Rock Galactic. Um, 
I'm a huge fan of that game. I love it for the co-op. The co-op is amazing. We play four man on stream. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen you streaming it. I don't really I don't really know that much about the game, but I've watched but I've watched you stream it before, just in the background. What's it well, called again? Uh Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, yeah, it's super good. If you like Left For Dead's four player co-op, it's just like that. Um they have taken inspiration from everything from like Warhammer a little to Alien and just a bunch of stuff like that. And it's fun. It's it's hard. Um, the challenge goes up like significantly. There's a bunch of weird like fashion soul stuff you can do with your dwarves. Uh, it's like it's just great co-op. It's literally simply just great co-op. They added a bunch of stuff recently and then they did um seasons like kind of like a battle pass, but for free. The devs are super great and they are really attentive and we've been with the game since like beta we both played in the beta so we've been playing for a hundred million years now but it is never not fun and i if i miss it i i hate missing it like i just love that game and i hope it comes to more platforms i feel like it could work on the nintendo switch pretty easily but hasn't gotten there yet um we'll see but they finally finished kind of like the full game and the battle pass implementation so we'll see where they go with it but yeah i guess if i had to pick for the week because pokemon legends arceus is way too obvious because i just like sunk my entire life into it i would say deep rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure before uh before we get into pokemon legends i just want to mention a couple of things i have like really small things that i could talk about that only take a minute or two uh i mario golf super rush is a game that i play all the time with my wife and uh every month they have a new skin and luigi's finally getting some love this week or this month you can unlock the nes open outfit for luigi which is just kind of wow. like it's sort of like the american the weird American outfit that Mario has, except it's green. So Uncle Sam, Luigi. Yeah. Well. And I wanna... Yeah. It's it, it's cool. Like I like uh you know it's the same thing with like Tetris ninety nine where I where I tune in and I play the game whenever there's um whenever there's a Tetris Maximus or whenever there's. Uh, uh, I can't believe I missed the last one. I still you, regret. You missed that. the Pokemon Arceus one. It's the same thing with Mario Golf though. Like I'll I'll get on and I'll play for like an hour until like until I get the A ranking and then I'll then I won't play for the rest of the month. <laughs> but uh well not not ranked mode. Jess and I play the multiplayer like all the time. But I wanted to make sure and get, I always get really excited on the first day of the month just to see what the new skin is. And you can get new skins for all the characters. And I also, I got, I got the, the special clubs for Luigi and the skin, like at the same time, like two games apart. So that was pretty cool. Like I got the clubs first and I was like one point away from getting the skin. And then I got the skin and then I played again with the skin and all that stuff. So that. So that's the newest thing with Mario Golf Super Rush. Also, I just wanted to mention it because I mentioned it last week with with uh, with Antal about a pandemic shooter, which was a game that I was interested in that looked really stupid. It was a first person shooter game. Turns out it was really stupid. Uh, it ended up being on sale for like three ninety nine, and I and and they take advantage of me so much on the Nintendo eShop because I have I'm such a sucker for old school looking first person shooter games because those are some of my favorite things to play, and they and some of them released for like absolutely nothing. And most of them are terrible. I don't know why I even why I even try, but this one just had this ridiculous story about like about lizard people and like uh, and like Alex Jones like references and all this other weird like pandemic stuff. And I thought it'd be at least kind of fun to like shoot a to shoot zombies or whatever. And it's it just controls terribly. Like it it takes like forever to to turn. It feels like somebody like through like molasses on your controller or something like it's like and there's no and and you can only turn up the the turn speed like just like a little bit so it's just like a little bit a little bit faster 
and there's this weird commentary that goes on between this two for, between these two people while you're playing the game where they're like kind of like flirting with each other or something. It's really weird and it's really badly written and it's really dumb. And it, and it ended up releasing for like three dollars and I bought it with gold points, so I didn't spend any money on it. I just was like, this game is terrible. <laughs> it's not really. Is it supposed to be commenting on this pandemic? This pandemic, yeah. This pandemic. So it was made in the last what ten months or. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's or really it was good. something else that they just slapped that onto. It's it's yeah. weird. It's weird because the graphics in itself look okay for like a for like a retro first person shooter. Like I thought the guns looked pretty good. I thought the like the the zombies are kind of like cell shaded, you know, so they kind of look like cartoony. I know last week I said it was a sprite shooter, but I was wrong on that. It's they are actually poly- polygonal. It's just a it's just cell shaded, so it kind of looks a little bit more cartoony. But but it's just the play is dumb, and it's just like you know, it's kind of just like waves and waves of zombies in like a in like a g- generic town world that you're in, and it's kind of like okay. And it's funny because it was supposed to release for like four ninety nine, and then when it, they released it, and you could preload it, but then when it was actually released, it was even cheaper. It was like five percent off or whatever, and it was like three ninety nine. So <laughs> I play I played it for about like twenty minutes until I was like okay. This game is really dumb, but it does have a pretty funny intro, it, like an intro cutscene of these two like dinosaur people like talking to each other about how they've been using misinformation to enslave the human race and all that stuff, and so it, so it does have some kind of funny writing in it. But the commentary is really weird. Like I did not, I was like, who are these people? They I don't like listening to them talk to each other while I'm trying to play this game because they're not talking about me and they're not talking about the game at all. <laughs> like they're like. They're like sort of flirting, but it's weird. And I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. And it's supposed to be like they're sportscasters or something, like in Mad World, how they did that. No, 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 no. Mad World was like good. Like this is, it's not even. They're not even. They're not even like casting anything. I feel like they're just like sitting in a room, just talking to each other about stuff. So it's like there's a podcast that has like nothing, kind of, but a really, really bad one that has like no topic and no direction, whatsoever. <laughs> And, like, maybe the guy is, like, flirting, but if he is, he's, like, at, like, 1% effort here. It's, like, very much, like, I'm not trying to do it. It's dumb. It's terrible. We don't need to talk anymore about the game. I just wanted to mention that if anybody was thinking about getting it, that they should not get it. <laughs> get something else. Save your money for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which we can get into that right now, because I really want to. You were saying that you had uh, that you'd played a uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, but you didn't have like a ton of experience with like Pokemon like as a whole, right? Right. Yeah, I actually. So that was one of the things I was going to mention. Like, I was like, I'm not really a Pokemon person, but you know, someone has to review Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and I like the Pokeball thing for Switch because I'm a sucker for Nintendo 
random crap like that. So weird, <laughs> weird controllers. Yeah. Did did you yeah. did you play it with the with the ball controller? No. Uh. Well, for a while. Um. Except I have really bad carpal tunnel, and it actually really hurts to play with it. Um. <laughs> which it seems weird, but the way that you have to hold the ball and like click with your thumb to catch something really quickly, it hurts. It kind of hurts. So I ended up ditching it for the pro controller eventually but um no i i was just in the right age bracket to kind of miss pokemon i guess um a little bit like i knew it was happening and i was just like i don't know like whatever else was interesting me at the time and uh i kind of just missed like the whole thing leading up to it then i just picked up let's go eevee and i actually had a pretty good time of it so when this came around and i looked at it i was like huh that looks like a combination of breath in the wild of the wild and uh you know, Pokemon, this might be kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely want to try this. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Nice. Did Did you play Sword and Shield or Sword uh, or yeah. Shield? I actually, yeah, I did. I played, um, I played Sword, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think I got Sword too. Yeah. I never made it through Sword. I've, uh, I, I mean, I guess I was, uh, Pokemon came out like right after I got out of high school when I just started college, but I, I got huge into it because of, uh, you know, my love for RPGs and, from having a 64 at the time, there wasn't very many RPGs on 64. So, you know, Pokemon was the big RPG for, for Nintendo. So I, so I jumped into it big time. Like, in well, you like, lived in a dorm too. So that worked well. For yeah. You. And I, and I convinced, right. well, yeah. When, cause I was at Lincoln when Jeremy and I met each other, but I, I convinced a bunch of people in college to get Pokemon also. So I kind of created my own little Pokemon group mm-hmm. and I mo- basically wanted them to get it so I could get the starters from them. So I could get all the Pokemon. I was kind of like using them or whatever, but I mean, but it was, you know, I made this little like Pokemon cult and we would watch the anime, like whenever it was on, like in the lounge and talk about Pokemon and all that. And then eventually I just like, you know, stopped caring about Pokemon red and blue. And I remember they were just like, that's still there, like still into it. And I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm going to go play other stuff. So uh, I can talk about Pokemon anymore. But uh, but yeah, I was I was really really into it for uh for that first one, and then it was like you know, and then I played like silver, I played silver a little bit, and then I remember I played like ruby a little bit, and then I just kind of like took a break from Pokemon for a while, and then uh, and then it was uh, black and white was the one that brought me back, which was my like favorite Pokemon of all time, because I loved how they just started from scratch, like they were just like okay, we're doing all new Pokemon, like we're not gonna have any of the old ones, we're gonna have all brand new ones, then they made like a hundred some new ones, and then when you get into the post game, you can start getting some of the old ones, but I just liked. I thought the story was done really well. It was like a, it was like it was the the well, it was the last one of the last DS Pokemon games. I mean, there was Black and White Two also, which people seem to like that one a little bit better than the first one. But I never got all the way through that one. But I, but the first one I played the crap out of, and uh, you know, and I played then I played like X and Y and Moon and Sun and all that. But the but the last I think the last Pokemon I actually beat was X and Y. So it's been a while because I I played Sword and Shield. Um, actually, Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. I I hate I ended up hating that game because of the forced motion control. Like that was like just really killed me about it because you could not they would not let you use the the pro controller on it at all. You had to use Joy-Cons constantly and I was mad about that. <laughs> and you had to like shake the thing to and I was like that's not fair because if you play it in handheld, you can play it like a regular controller without motion control. And I'm like why can't you do this on the dock? Like it just, it just killed me. So I could only get like so far into that game because, because it didn't allow you to do that. But this, but this game kind of has a combination of all that. Yeah, that's fair. Cause like, I feel like you really have to think about accessibility and not everyone can handle motion controls for whatever reason or wants to. 
Um, but like it is an accessibility issue too because there are people who just like literally cannot do that that way and I feel like games should really be conscious of that to let people do it the way they want to and there's so many options for Nintendo Switch I don't see like why you can't just leave that in Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean and if you could play it handheld like that you should be able to use you know a a controller yeah I I felt like yeah that was a major misstep and and one of the most annoying things as well is if you were to like dock your Switch while the game was still open and then you go into the menu to turn the game back on, your controller will automatically stop working if you're using a Pro Controller because the Pro Controller wasn't supported. So if you accidentally go back into the game, you have to take your Switch out and then, like, exit. It's it just, like, it was just such a headache for me to play that game. <laughs> like, I was just like, uh And I was, and like I said, I was so mad that it, it lets you play with non-motion handheld, but not with a controller. I'm like, it's in there. It's in the game. Just put it in there i don't know if they ever patched it later i was like i could go back and try it but i don't i don't want to but pokemon legends arceus um i think this this is honestly so far i think it's the best pokemon game i've played since black and white like it's it's become like my favorite new pokemon game because i've played you know like i said i've played most of them and i just love all the things that they've done in this game to make it different like a lot of things that i hoped that i didn't even know about were in there like one of my favorite things is they did away with the fucking trade to evolve stuff, which that was so annoying. Because if you're not playing the game actively at a dorm or with friends who have the game, some of those characters you'll never be able to evolve because you have to trade them to somebody and they got to trade them back to you. You know, at least in black and white, they had the global trading system where you could just search the Pokemon and you could be like, okay, I'm going to trade you my version for your version. And then we'll, they'll both evolve when we get them. And that's fine. And we'll just keep them, you know, like I did that on that one, but they did away with it finally. So that's, that's very, that that's nice because one of my, one of my favorite Pokemon uh, is like the Abra, the Kadabra and the Alakazam. And in order to get Alakazam, you have to trade it every time. Like same with like Machamp, Machoke and whatever. And I'm just, uh, they finally got rid of it. And it's, I kind of like that this game is more focused on the single player and there's not really, there's not really any like, um, there's not really any multiplayer aspect to it at all. Aside from you can trade, you can trade with people online. That's the only thing. There's no, there's no like, uh, there's no multiplayer. So I, I kind of like that about it as well. But I kind, I kind of made a list. I made a list of different things that were different from the game that I really, that I really like about the game, which we can go over. I mean, we don't have to go through all of them. But uh, what, but what have you thought? I know Jeremy and Marielle, you've both, you both played the game so far. Uh, what do you think of it? First impressions. Well, I say I can go first because I haven't played quite as much as the two of you. I don't think, but. I just got my second star. I didn't really get to dig into the game until about two days ago. So my Pokemon history, I, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but I was a, the person who kept trying to get into it and couldn't like, it, it didn't properly sink its teeth into me or its hooks, whatever. Because I got blue when I was in college and my brother really loved the Pokemon games when we were, when I was in high school when they came out, but I never got into them for whatever reason. I was doing other stuff just like uh, Mariel. But um, then I got into, uh, well, though, eventually I bought um, Pokemon Y, you know, years later and never beat that. And then I finally uh, played all the way through one uh, a couple years ago with Shield. So I actually got the the final ending or whatever, maybe not the best ending, or but I got the all the post-game stuff completed for the most part, not including the DLC. Right? You, beat, you beat Shield and I didn't. And I was always like, ah. Oh. I was, just, I was always upset about that, that I never made it through. Yeah, maybe after this, I'll go back to it. But I don't know. I, I feel like after this game, it's going to be hard for me to go back to any Pokemon game because I feel like they really nailed it this time. And I and I, and I don't want to go back to the old Pokemon now. I want it to all just be like Arceus. Let's just make everything like that game. Like, I, I don't want to... Because I have a... I got Shining Pearl, and I played it a little bit because, you know, the two games are connected. Like, Shining Pearl is basically the sequel to Arceus because Arceus is a prequel to 
to plural to to pearl and diamond if you haven't caught that yet with the story with the pearl clan and the diamond clan and the galaxy team and all that they're all it's all stuff that's from the later games and it's also kind of like giving me a little bit of a star wars prequel vibe also because if you haven't figured it out the galaxy team that you're a part of is basically the empire like you're going to become bad guys at some point no oh, spoil- really? no spoilers i haven't looked i mean i haven't looked I at any st- i haven't looked at any story stuff at all I've been trying to keep myself away from it just so I can talk about it, about my experience. I didn't know that. Here. You kind of ruined that for me. Thanks, Trey. Oh, sorry. Well, they had, it was in, it was in the trailer. Like when they did the direct, oh, okay. they, they put the two teams, they were like, here's the galaxy team from Shining Pearl. Who's the bad guys? No. Oh, and oh, by the way, you're also playing on the galaxy team and Arceus. Oh, they were bad. They're bad in diamond and pearl though. Yeah. They're 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 oh, the, they're, well then, the, yeah, they're the villains. I, that's not that's not a spoiler. I just haven't yeah. played that game. No, I, no, I'm saying that I I haven't seen if they're gonna go that way in this game, but I'm just saying that I'm pretty sure they're the same team. At some point, you're gonna have to like switch alliances. I think eventually you're gonna have to kill some some younglings or something at the end of this. <laughs> you gotta kill the, <laughs> the professor. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to kill all the kid Pokemon. Stop his research. <laughs> it's it, it, Star Wars fashion, but no, yeah, it's like I'm like I, I'm like, am I in the Empire? Is this the Empire? Like, because it's. Yeah, because it's the Galaxy team, and I'm pretty sure it's the same team. And I was saying that, yeah, they showed that in the direct, so I'm not necessarily spoiling that. I, uh, I'm just teasing you. I, uh, I've i only completed Shield, so as far as like the side games go, which I don't know how we feel about this. This, this is technically a side game, but it's a full-on Pokemon game and how the battles work and stuff. So it's a strange little middle ground, and, I, and, I, and they're definitely just like dipping their foot in the water here to see what people think, I think. Well, it seems, I mean, it seems uh, to be doing well. Like it's, it's reminding me of like, once again, I, I think I say this every time I see somewhat polarizing reviews. Yeah. But I mean, as far as my friends list on switch, like it's like 80% everybody's playing it. I think everybody wants so, to play it. What, no yeah. matter what, because yeah. it's a new Pokemon game. It's fully 3d. It, it looks beautiful for what it is. I mean, it reminds me, it's like Metroid <laughs> dread where all of a sudden I saw everybody playing it or like animal crossing where yeah. all of a sudden, like everybody's playing it on your friends list because it's the perfect storm of coming out on the system that everyone loves. And it's the time of year where there's kind of a lull, I guess horizon zero or whatever's coming out soon for PlayStation and all that, but when like it's definitely Ring a lull just stuff. in, yeah, but it's, um, this is also like whether or not a lot of people want to admit it. Like, I think it's probably, sort of people trying to satiate their desire for breath of the wild too sure the the design similar yeah but i I think it i think it works works really well though i mean it's you know it's obviously there's breath of the wild influence in there you know you look at it and you're like okay but it's yeah it has grass but it's but it's also yeah it's, it's got a lot of grass but also i mean it's kind of the pokemon game that a lot of I think a lot of Pokemon fans have been looking for like, just like an open world one where you can just kind of walk around and catch Pokemon and like catching Pokemon without battling them is like the best thing ever. It's so like, fun. I, I love that so much. Like why I called myself a drunk alpha hunter is like, uh, was it Sunday night? Jess and I were, we had, we had, we're having drinks together. We had like way too many drinks actually, but because <laughs> people felt hung over the next day, but, but I was like drunk by myself and I'm like, I'm going to play Arceus. And I'm just like, I'm just like running around and fighting alphas with al- alphas are these giant Pokemon that you run into <laughs> with, with red eyes. And I'm like, I'm I'm fighting alphas. I'm like running into these time distortion bubbles where like you can, where you can go and see like the more futuristic Pokemon inside of, which that's fun too. But it's just like, it's just so much fun to just fuck around with. Like, even if you're kind of wasted, it's, it's still fun. Like I was just like, I was playing the game and just, you know, taking videos and tweeting it and all that. And 
And I was like, this game is a lot of fun. Like it's, I think what I really like about it is that it's fun to like, just be in the world and just go around and catch Mm -hmm. Pokemon and try to like fill out the Pokedex and like get your Pokemon involved and all that stuff. And I feel like, and for me, that's like a big thing for any open world game. That's good. I think it's like one that's where it's, just as fun or more fun to like be in the world than actually do like the main story. And I've, and I've been spending most of the time just catching Pokemon because it's so much fun. Like I've only, I like just got the Basque Legion, the guy that like is in the water, the, the fish guy, but I really haven't been that focused on the story. I've been catching Pokemon. Like I'm almost at level seven already for like the stars out of 10, just because I've been finding shit, just because I really loved the catch mechanic. And I, and I've in, in the controls, might take a little bit to get used to, I guess, like from flipping between. Do you have the, between uh, the motion controls on? No, but you can do that. I just found that out recently. Oh, it's recently. so nice. Yeah. It's so nice. Uh, and I and I don't have the sensitivity turned up. It's kind of a high. hidden thing. Yeah. Luckily, I, I went into the settings right away because I need it. Well, because I need to invert the axis. Oh, uh, sure. But I went in there and I'm like, oh, tilt controls. Like this could be really bad, but I'll try it. And so, yeah, I set the sensitivity low. And it's great. It's just like in Breath of the Wild when you yeah, like, we kind of just you aim with the stick, but then you precision aim yeah. the final part with the with the tilt. Yeah, I just I just read it was in there. Like I didn't. I guess I didn't look that hard. I just yeah, I flipped the stick too, but I didn't really look that hard into the into the uh, options to find it. But so especially with the uh, the lock on feature, what it's kind of like a visual lock on. It's not like a real lock on, but with that feature combined with the. The, the aim it makes it's just a joy catching pokemon like that's definitely the part i've been enjoying the most so yeah i mean that's because most, that's i didn't most really of the game, get into so, it yeah. until a day or two ago well the actual mechanic of doing it because sure it was fun to collect pokemon but was it really fun to just spam the the button and then keep catching them you know like this is this just feels a lot more like you're earning those Pokemon you're catching, I guess. Oh, I just I just like yeah. I just like that it's outside of the battle mode. Like you don't, it, it's just so much more fluid. Like you could walk around and just not battle anybody, and just keep throwing poke throwing Pokeballs at them. And if and if you get into like, it's even deeper. Like where there's the different fruits, where different Pokemon like different food, and you can try mm. to like distract whatever. And then there's like the there's some water stuff too with like the beans that you throw in the water that's supposed to att- attract like water Pokemon and. I, I I've been just I just throw like the rotten apricots at everybody, <laughs> just like hit them in the head and knock them out, and then and then throw the pokeball pokeball at them. And I've been using the regular pokeballs. Like I mean, I have like ultra balls and uh and whatever the one the, the one ones. the one in between ultra ball and and that one. I've I've been using I've been using those, but but uh, I still use the regular ones, and I'm catching like level fifty ones even with the regular pokeballs and all that. And and of course there's a uh, crafting now where you can make your own pokeballs, which is even better yep. because you need to like have. A ton of them, and there's also farming in it, which you'll get to it hopefully at some point, Jeremy. Where I don't you... think games can exist without crafting anymore. Yeah. Is what I kind of what uh, I was thinking. There's there's farming, but it's uh, but you don't actually farm, but you like go and you pay people to farm for you. So, so I have an I have an I, I have an, a, an apricot farm, and as you go through the game, there'll be side quests where you like basically employ some of your Pokemon to the farm, and the farm will get bigger. And they'll be able to make stuff for bigger stuff for you. Oh, cool! I kind of, I kind of wish that you could do more than one item because as of right now, you can only do like different sets. But you un, you unlock different sets as you upgrade your your farm by employing Pokemon to it, and you lose the Pokemon. It reminds me a little bit of sending it, but, the yeah. uh, sending the uh, Palamutes or no, where they were outfit the in um, Monster Hunter Rise when you send the cats off to get stuff for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the buddy, what the buddy search or, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I know it's in the in the buddy area. But yeah, well, yeah. I de- I definitely look forward to uh, you know unlocking more mechanics. I didn't realize there was a lot more. 
to it as of now i'm where you were saying trey i'm just going around catching as many as i can and trying to to just kind of like casually gain experience and not necessarily feel like i have to grind oh yeah i mean well yeah, haven't uh, that, yeah. Another thing about experience, it actually the game kind of reminds me of uh, the Deus Ex Machina game. I don't know if any of you ever played that, the Human Revolution one. It was on like PlayStation Three. It came out for Wii U actually when the when the Wii U was was around. But the reason that I like the reason that it reminds me of that game is what was really cool about that game is it was like you know it was a first person game, but it was an RPG, and basically however you wanted to do things in the game, you got experience for it, and that's basically how this game works. Like if you you know, if you use your Pokemon to, like, knock a- apricots off a tree, you get experience for that. Or if you use your Pokemon to catch a Pokemon, if you catch a Pokemon, you still get experience for all your Pokemon that you have with you. Like, that's kind of how Deus Ex was. If you're, like, trying Unless to get... Unless they're knocked out. It's like if you're trying to get into a, um... If you're trying to get into a thing, like, if you're trying to get into, like, a building, and you sneak through a duct to get there, you still get experience points for, like, finding a different way to get in there instead of fighting people. Like, I thought that was a really cool mechanic for that game and it kind of reminds me of that in that way which i guess let's go still did that where if, when you catch them you still get experience points but what is but what is your um what is your impressions of it so far mariel um well actually so i it's funny because i kind of motored through it because i'm i'm literally going to be writing the review on it probably after we record this but um so i guess i took a, a kind of fast just because of that um as far as like trying to complete like main missions first and just kind of buzz through the story and around like uh i don't even want to tell you what time last night i actually uh technically beat the game oh Um, wow okay wow so i actually got to the end of it um oh damn so so was i right on the galaxy no no don't don't say it i don't i don't want to know i don't want to spoil anyone at all but (laughs) and also the thing is to me is like i for i will not spoil you on what happens but at least for me, there was a lot of surprises in the story. Um, and also it just kept going. Every time I thought I was like, okay, this is gonna be the final mission, it felt like there was like a billion things after that too. <laughs> so I was and there's still stuff for me to do. There's still like it's I mean, like that's one of the things I think is great about it. Um, personally, I just felt like, man, there's so much content in this game, there's so much that you can do. Um, and every time I would kind of I'm not all that into grinding real hard all the time and there were points at which and I'm sure you know this there's some points in the mission uh the main missions where they're like you have to get this many stars to proceed or whatever and because I was just kind of mainlining story missions I sometimes I had to go back and and like actually farm it out um which is fine because I knew that that was going to happen based on how I was playing it but I still, the same things that you said you enjoyed, I really enjoyed too. And when I was getting tired of grinding, I would suddenly like find something crazy or there'd be like a space-time distortion. And I, uh, one of the times I was just, I think I was just tired in general, but I was also just kind of tired of, of farming. Sure. I was up uh, up on a peak and I saw an Alpha Ninetales and I actually caught it. <laughs> and I was nice. like, oh my God, I got an Alpha Ninetales. And then that like, all of a sudden I was like hooked for another two hours. I was like, Oh my God, look at this thing. And then like, I have it. And then it was like a little bit over leveled for me. So I actually had to like get a star before it would listen to me anyways. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I haven't gotten there, <laughs> but it was really, um, I mean, like I was calling it breath of the Pokemon souls because 
I feel like it has a lot of influence. Like, obviously, you can see the Breath of the Wild influence. Like, even the soundtrack, the way that it looks, the type of map. There's just a lot of mechanics that remind me of Breath of the Wild, the crafting and stuff like that, which is not a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And I think that when there's a game that's that successful, it's inevitable that that people are going to look at what made it successful and kind of incorporate that. That's cool. And it works really well with Pokemon. So I feel like that was a bu- that was definitely a bonus for me. Um, the boss fights I thought were pretty cool, and actually I I really like the mechanic where your character actually gets to do some of the like the fighting Throw, throwing the the whatever the the sleep powder at them or whatever whatever yeah. You're doing. And at first I was going to complain about the bosses being pretty samey, and they are a little bit. Like, the whole mechanic is, is the same no matter what boss you're in front of, but their moveset's so different that that's where I felt like the Dark Souls thing came in. If you ever played Dark Souls, like, rolling, mm-hmm. like, dodging, dodge rolling is, like, super, super important. Uh, like, that's how you don't die most of the time, or you die less. Um, and so I felt like that was a little bit of a Dark Souls thing there, and I, I liked that. I liked learning the movesets of the bosses, and I liked... I like the boss battle and I also appreciate probably because I was working on it for review the fact that you don't have to lose your progress in a boss fight that if you want to you can just continue like it it gives you the option to continue the battle restart the battle or just leave all together oh really I didn't know yeah so if you if you don't have a lot of time and you're like constantly dying what you can do is like uh, you know how the, the frenzy meter um, when the frenzy meter goes down um, like a block that's where your progress saves. So, like, if you got it down oh. to, like, a block, then when you hit continue, for one thing, all your Pokemon come back. So if they were, uh, if they had fainted, they're all back with all their health and everything. Um, and for the other, you just have that progress so you can keep working on it. Um, and I use that a lot because, again, I'm trying to, like, go through it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it's just nice to me because, like, if you are a casual player, if you're someone who, or if you're someone who has kids or you know like a lot of other obligations the ability to do that in any game i think is just nice because let's face it like some people really are looking for like the the straight up grind the like we're going to restart every single time and do it over and over again some people want to experience the game but they don't have that kind of time they're in college they have kids you know they work two jobs whatever it is so i feel like that's a really good option um just to have in a game but other than that the story is really good I found myself like thinking of the different characters the whole time and I guess if I had a major complaint not a major complaint but I felt like um the like the areas could have been a little bit more different from each other as I they start out a little different from each other because Crimson Ireland's kind of like swampy you know and they are technically different but I just felt like uh maybe like sword I think the regions were kind of, I don't know if it was just prettier or somehow more diverse. It just felt a little bit samey somehow, even though like, it'd be like, well, this is covered in ice, but it's still kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Or this is kind of boggy, but it's still kind of the same thing. So I, but honestly, that's a minor complaint. And for the most part, I like literally am still thinking about going back and doing all the after mission stuff. And for me, if there's a game that I will sink hours into and I'll stay up too late for, and then I'm still thinking about, that's a really good game. Cause I, honestly and i don't know all the history of the pokemon stuff i know there was some stuff that probably went over my head that probably wouldn't go over your head towards the end there so um but i i think it was great honestly i think it's one of my favorite games i've played in a long time oh yeah 
It's really good. Did so since uh since you had to review it and you had to kind of like like you know go through it really fast like that that didn't really like hinder the gameplay for you like that's a uh, that's always something I'd be afraid of doing if I had to review stuff because I you know I've people anybody know who listens to the show knows that I like to play games really slowly. So I don't, you know, it, it, it may say like, oh, it takes like 20 minutes to, or 20 hours to beat the game and I'll still take like 40 hours to beat it because I like to just go and do all the extra shit and I don't like really, I don't like to rush my way through. That's probably why I haven't, a lot of games that I loved I haven't beaten just because I know they're really long and I just do too much extra stuff. But did it, I mean, did it kind of like, it didn't ruin it at all that you had to like, were kind of on a schedule and had to like push through it for the review and all that? No, uh, partially just because I liked it so much that I wanted to play it for hours on end. Um, and I tend to, if I'm playing a game casually, I like to play it slow too mm-hmm. and just kind of take my time and just like, yeah, play for a couple hours, you know, or like, I'll just explore this entire area. Like Breath of the Wild, I never beat, I'm not even remotely close because I was just like, let me tame this horse and let me just go this way and see what happens. But uh, it, honestly, like, I feel like that's kind of the strength in, um, in this game because I really did kind of motor through it and I only, had, I got stopped a couple times because I had to level up basically you know, that's what the whole purpose of that, the star thing is where they're like, oh, you have to be this star level to, mm-hmm. you know, you go to Silent and she's like, well, you got to be level four or whatever. And then you got to be level five or whatever. So I felt like those were the points where I had to just go relax for a while. And that was nice. But no, I mean, the story is really, and especially for someone who doesn't have all the background, like I still found the story really compelling. And so I really wanted to go forward. And I, if anything, it was one of my favorite games that I went straight story through because I was really hooked by the story a lot and I wanted to know what was going to happen next and I still do uh because this isn't really spoilers to say but it's really not over when it's over at yeah. the end I, I did hear that there's like a post game and maybe a second credits also so that's always well I mean I, I guess most of the Pokemon games they've always kind of had like post game stuff and all that so so I'm excited about that I like that when it ends and but then there's still still more to do I imagine they'll probably have DLC too eventually and and also like from where I'm at I've only unlocked three of the areas but I am start of kind of starting to see like that some of them are too familiar. Like you were saying, like it's like, do we have to have like the weasels or whatever everywhere? Like it's, I, I kind of hope that like every area would have a different amount of Pokemon there. But you kind of see the same ones in all of them. That's kind of annoying. It's like it's like why are there Starlies like in every level? Like shouldn't there be a level where yeah. they're not there because they're still like the very first Pokemon you ever see? It's more that, like Geo dudes too. There's Geo yeah. dudes just everywhere. Oh yeah, they're the they're everywhere too. So, so I was kind of I was kind of hoping that it was a little bit more like Pokemon Snap or something, where you go to like a certain area, and there's maybe going to be more different ones. And there are different ones. You know, there are ones I hadn't seen. Like I, I just saw like the Dew Skulls and stuff like that. But I'm like, but yeah, but I'm like, but why do we need to have Geo dudes everywhere still? Like, can't they just be in the swamp area? Or like, you know, so I don't have to keep finding them because some of them like geodudes i've done everything i have to do to them like i'm their pokedexes are done like i don't want to fuck with them anymore like i've evolved I, them all the way to geo man no i mean you don't have to do that to complete the pokedex that, oh, okay. that's another thing that's kind of a uh, that i thought was a little that took me a minute to figure it out actually i just figured it out last night is you don't have to do everything on the pokedex page in order for the page to be complete you just have to do enough until it says complete on the bottom of the page that's it you don't even have to like do all of the, you don't have to catch all of them or you don't have to do all the little extra stuff. And another thing is if you notice on the Pokedex, there's like arrows, there's these red arrows on the left side. Those are the ones that count for the most points to get you to the next star. So I've just been doing those ones, just the ones that have the arrows on them, because that'll progress you farther. So I've kind of, I've been on the other side of what Mario was saying, 
where I where I'm I think I'm way too high on the stars for where I'm at in the story because I've just been doing all the catching shit because I'm almost level seven and there's ten stars and I've only beaten two of the bosses. Yeah, what level so, are your like? What level are your Pokemon right now? Anyways, like your like fifty something. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I think I'm playing I it the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> you're not you're playing, playing it the wrong the right way. way. <laughs> yeah, you're playing it totally the right way. I think because yeah. I was, I was just someone tweeted something about having like a level sixty-five something or other, and I did end the game with a sixty-five, but like a lot of my team was still fifty-fives and stuff like that. My alpha, I had, I had an alpha that was sixty-five, so. Uh, and like another one that was 61 but like i could have ended the game with probably like you're probably gonna end the game with like 80s or something i, I was hoping to well <laughs> when i when i was you know in the pokemon heyday like when i was you know i played the shit out of pokemon blue like i got that's the closest i ever got to completing a full pokedex i think i got like 130 some out of like 151 pokemon or whatever but um the in that one i like had a bunch of pokemon that i took them all the way up to the top like i had i had a few like 150 level like, I had a 150-level Alakazam and Mewtwo and a Pikachu and, like, some of these ones. Because I played the Pokemon Stadium games on 64 as well, where you could bring your Pokemon from the GameCube game into the 64 game. So for that one, I you needed to have your Pokemon higher in their levels. So a lot of them I maxed out for that game. So I was hoping to get somewhere close on this, maybe. I wanted to at least get my characters into, like, the level 100s. Maybe some of them 150 if I can, because... Probably at least like my some of my favorites like Alakazam and and uh, and Snorlax. I got the I got the Snorlax Alpha, of course, because I love Snorlax. It's one of my favorite Pokemon, and I, I kind of have like my regular team. Oh yeah, I got a Chimchar from one of the from one of the mini games, so that was really cool because that's because that's a starter that I was using in uh, Shining Pearl. So and now I have it up to Infernape, and of course like uh, I don't know what you. I guess I never started asked like who you all started with, but I, I started with Rowlet because I think Rowlet is incredibly adorable, the little like grass owl guy. And now I have it up to D, D, what is it, Dcui, Dcui, or however you pronounce it, like where he's like the Dcui. He kind of looks like a skull kid now. He kind of looks like the Majora's Mask skull kid from what I've you know with like because now because there's different colors I guess for when they evolve and all that. But which but which ones did you two get for your starters? I did Rowlet as well because the other one looks stupid. <laughs> I, I was I was really divided between Cyndaquil and uh, and Rowlet. One looks like a clown, and one looks like well, one's like an otter, right? Yeah, yeah. The otters, like, yeah. There's yeah, otters, like, they're both really weird looking. I mean, they're all kind of weird looking. I think Cyndaquil's cute. Owl has cool a looking. weird bow tie or something, but it has like a shell on it that looks kind of weird. Yeah. When they evolve, they look a little bit cooler. I took Cyndaquil, uh, I, yeah, and I got him up to, I don't know what the name is. I, I evolved him, but I don't remember what his second form is. He looks like a salamander with, like, a weird floofy <laughs> neck thing. Fire, fire type. Yeah, and I, I really like fire types. Um, I ended up getting, one of my mains was a, an alpha um, Rabidash. Oh yeah, there's a so actually kind of have a funny story. Well, it's not really a funny story, but there, there's that Alpha Rapidash, which is like mm-hmm. one of the first ones that you see in that first area. That's the first one I saw. And I yeah, I had to have. It. And I, I've been trying. I've been trying to catch it. Like I've I've probably fought it like 15 times now, and I always accidentally kill it <laughs> when I when I'm trying to catch it because you know like these some of these alphas are hard to catch with the pokeballs, and I and I, I end up like. It ends up. I think it does a move where it hurts itself when it attacks me, so it ends up like dying before I can actually catch it with the with the pokeball. So I've I've played the Rapidash like ten times probably, 
and I can't catch it. And I keep going. And, you know, if you leave the area and go to the town and come back, it'll come back again. And I started making the markings on the map where all the alphas are so I can like, kind of go around and try to catch all of them. Like, that's what I started doing originally. But now I feel like they're all over the place. So I haven't been doing it as meticulously. But, but yeah, I want yeah. that I want that Rapidash. <laughs> but I've never I haven't gotten it. Yeah. Go for it because, like, I, I think I got it, like, on a fluke because I kept killing it, too. I went back and forth <laughs> a bunch. But, yeah, so the thing about me is when I was a kid, it was like a, I was a horse girl for better lack of <laughs> tragically but uh in any case i really had to have that one because i usually play fire characters when they're fi- when they're available like i'm a fire mage and i'm a whatever so i was like i have to have the fire horse you know so i ended up getting him finally um but later on if you get uh i don't remember what type it is there's like a he looks like a praying mantis one of the bugs he i'm kind of like scythe hands one of the bug types but he has a move it's called scyther is it I think so, probably. The one with the one with the with the knives with like has like knives on his hands. Yeah, and he's yeah. Um, he I got an alpha of him too because I was like an alpha hunter. That was my like weird thing that I was doing on the side. Um, but he has a false strike that leaves someone with one yeah. HP. Yeah, false strike and is I the best. I used that a lot once I got him. So that's yeah. The first alpha that I got, which is part of the story, the Cricketune, Like Cricketune has false swipe, so that's what I was using first. But I switch Cricketune out for for whatever my party is now but also i i i got shinies for i've played like so many pokemon games and i've never gotten a shiny ever and i got two shinies in this pretty early like i got like a shiny luxio and a shiny um uh ponyta also it's it's blue instead of instead of red so it was that was really cool so i was i was excited about that so i mean it's that i think that says a lot to me that you actually you can get shinies a little bit different and and because I guess because this game wants you to catch so many of them, you know, it's there's a better chance of you to actually find shinies. And if it is a shiny, you'll just see it on the world walking around and it'll look different, you know, instead of like getting random battle after random battle after random battle and then eventually like finding a shiny, you know. And speaking of evolution, before before I forget about it, one thing that I think is also really great about this is that you can choose whenever your Pokemon will evolve. Well, it'll get mm-hmm. it'll get to a point of when it's when it can evolve. But it doesn't have to. Like you can wait if you want to wait and get those extra like move sets that would come if you didn't evolve. You can do that. Or what I've been doing is, you know, there's some of the Pokedex. Like you get specific. You know, it's like you know, see the Pokemon do this move a certain amount of times. If you haven't figured that out yet, you use your own Pokemon to do that instead of like trying to get the computer to do it because the computer's obviously not going to do oh, it. Oh yeah, I noticed that when I after I would use some attacks, it'd be like you saw him use this attack, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, that's mine, Pokemon's. Yeah, so that that's how you do that. So like before you evolve, make sure and look at what you what you might need okay. to still see of that version. I didn't. I just start, there were a couple that I evolved without doing that, but I was like, oh, I should have. I was like, I all I had to do was like Thundershock three more times or something like that before I evolved. But I was like, I should. I, I think I've only that. had like yeah. three Pokemon evolve. I'm still pretty early on. Yeah. I've run into the alphas. Like the alphas are just always kind of funny. I think when you run into it, it reminds me a little bit of running into the guardians early on in. Uh, Oh, Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild when you yeah. didn't know where they were going to be. Because you'll just start hearing that music and you'll be like, what's going on here? Like, I remember I was running and I just fell into like a little like crevice. And I was like, oh, hey, there's a Pokemon over there. And I couldn't tell how big it was from the distance. And I ran up to it and it's like a level 40 something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was like a bug type, but I was like, oh shit. It like immediately killed <laughs> the first Pokemon that I threw out. So I just ran with it. Yeah. I, uh, it, w- and another thing that I think is really great about it. As, as far as that is, you can like, you can be like, oh, I'm going to go and try to take on this Pokemon that's like way ahead of level of my guys. 
And one thing that's this is the first, as far as I know, this is the first time it's been it's done this in a Pokemon game. But if all your Pokemon get wiped out, you can still it's not an automatic mm. like game over. Like you can still walk around by yourself, and just you just have to hightail out of there and try to get out before they kill you while, while you're while you're walking oh, yeah. around. And and so far I've only died one time, and I died by accident, which I actually put wow, it on. Tw- I put it. I put it on Twitter. I died because I jumped off a really high cliff with the with the uh, weird deer and and it killed me mm. <laughs> because I didn't realize there I'll was uh, I didn't realize there was fall damage so I like it, it was like I, I just started up this camp it was in the first area and I'm like all right I'm gonna go adventure and then I just go and I jump off this cliff and I just land and it's like and then like the weirder That's goes away much. and then my character's dead and I'm like okay <laughs> yeah as soon as I got the weird deer it was like be beware of fall damage and it, yeah it was within seconds that I ran off a cliff with it I was like oh that's what oh my god doing. me too because like where you get it there is a giant cliff and you're like woo this is fun and then you're like wee yeah. and then you're just like whoops that's whoops I'm sorry I do that all the time in games though I think I fall yeah. like fall damage is my like I'm like cursed. I don't like fall damage at all. And that, that was like one of my favorite things about Monster Hunter Rise is there's no fall damage. Like you can just fall from wherever and it doesn't I did. I did want to say, going back to your point, Trey, about like hightailing and if all your Pokemon faint. Like I was fighting the first boss and, and, and I don't know how I feel about the, the bosses, if they're all going to be like this, but maybe they'll like it more fun and complicated because you can throw your Pokemon in there too. But all my Pokemon got wiped out because I ran straight to that boss like an idiot. It didn't stop along the way to make sure, you know, I was healed up and everybody was ready to go. I, well, I healed up right before it, but yeah, I went to the boss and it just decimated all my Pokemon. I'm like, okay, well now what? Like I <laughs> thought it was going to give me a game over screen or whatever, but it didn't. So I just started running around the arena and I couldn't find an exit. I'm like, do, do I run away? What do I do? And I actually spent, you know, a good minute or two just dodging the Pokemon before I realized, oh wait, I'll just keep throwing these balls at it. So I just ended up like dodging it around the central column and uh spent you know a couple of minutes taking it down at the end of it i was just kind of dissatisfied because i got zero experience <laughs> and uh oh yeah because everybody's knocked out yeah yeah no i did it forget. Was weird yeah you do that is i mean that is the same whereas if your pokemon are not alive you get no experience and that's even worse if you're fighting like a boss and you know there's going to be a big like experience dump for that and it's like oh everybody's dead yeah that was a little dissatisfying for me um but whatever i was talking to trey before we started recording and it almost kind of reminded me of in mario golf when all of a sudden you're fighting a boss and the 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 gameplay type and the mechanics like are different all of a sudden yeah Yeah. that I, I played the second boss and the second boss is kind of like what I would imagine. Like if you're good at dark souls, that would be what it's like. I've, I've played demon souls. And huh. I got my ass beat, but, uh, but it was, but it was, yeah, kind of like they do this attack to you and you have to dodge exactly when the attack hits, because when you dodge, you're invulnerable. And that's the only way for you to not get hit and not get killed because, because mm-hmm. your main character can only take like, what, like three hits or something like that before you, before you get knocked out. And, and that's another thing that was kind of annoying for me. That was like, that I was like, why don't I, why don't I have a health bar? Like, I'd love to see a health bar for my mm-hmm. character when, especially when like, when you get in later stuff and your character gets poisoned and I'm like, I'm like, can I unpoison myself? Cause I have all these like antidotes and stuff for the Pokemon, but not for me. Like, I'm like, am I going to die on the beach here because I'm poisoned and I can't do anything? <laughs> like it was a, I felt it's like a that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like they could have done something like breath of the wild where you had food that you could make or craft that you could eat or whatever to help you stay alive or something like that. And I also felt like 
to be fair, some of the boss fights later on, I feel like there's some unavoidable, maybe not unavoidable, but pretty damn near unavoidable attacks to, to, with the dodge roll. That are, so sometimes I felt like a, it's pulling a little bit of a BS move on us. But um, yeah. Also, did you guys do any of the Lost Satchel stuff? Like, oh, yeah. For merit I, points? I, yeah, I've been doing it like crazy. I, I was actually going to ask you, do you know, so like the one time that I died, it says that I lost a satchel. Uh-huh. How do you get your own satchel back? Does somebody else have to find it for you, like in the yeah. in the internet yeah. world or whatever? Because I never I never got it back, and I and I couldn't find it. But yeah, no, I've been doing the lost satchel stuff just because it's I'm like, oh, there's one on the map. I'll go do that, and you get stuff from it. You get like revives and and pokeballs and like experience candy and like or rare candy or whatever. You know the stuff that like takes your level up, and you, you can get stuff like that from doing it. And also, I, I'm sure since you beat the game. Uh, you probably had to release a decent amount of Pokemon from the stable, right? No, uh, not really. Um, probably just because, like I said, I kind of motored through. I feel like I play. I if anyone played it wrong, I think I played a little bit wrong just because I was playing it so fast. But no, I never got to that point. Okay, because because uh, I've I've gotten to the point where I'm almost out of storage. Which that's another thing I thought was cool is instead of like the PC that you boot up in the, all of the old Pokemon games, now it's a stable where where they all are, and all you do is just talk to a person. And you can just take them right out. But you can also like um, you can you can select multiple ones to release them to send them back into the wild, and you get stuff for doing that. Like you get items for doing that. So they actually want you to do that. So I, I just started doing it recently, and and they will give you these um, uh, whatever they're called, like grid or pebbles, or they're basically stuff that like raises your effort level, and it's kind of like its own like EV thing or something. Like I never got into the crazy like breeding and like doing the extra like. Uh, you know, like moves and stats and all that stuff in Pokemon, but I guess that's the way you do it in this. You can you can upgrade your effort level for and there's like and there's like for HP and like defense and special attack and all that stuff. And there's all these specific items that you can use. It, it's kind of like getting like a I don't know. In most RPGs, you get like a you get an item that would like take up your you know make you make you like quicker or like take your HP up like a couple of points or something like that. It, it's kind of like that. But you can get a bunch of those items by releasing your Pokemon from the from the pasture. So, so that's cool. Like you basically a, a re- release a bunch, and then this guy will come up and it'll be like, "Hey, thanks for releasing your Pokemon into the wild. Here's this," and it'll give you like these items to like raise your effort level and all that of your characters. And there's like different ones for different levels. Like one is for like one through three, and there's another one that's like four through six, another one for like seven through eight. And you need and you need like specific ones to to upgrade your Pokemon or whatever, but. And you find a bunch of them in the wild too, but you'll get more from from releasing the characters from the from the um, pasture, so or from the stable. So so don't be afraid to release them. Is what I'm saying. Like you you you'll get you get you'll get a you know bonus stuff for doing that. So and you get it, more if they're like higher level Pokemon, or if you've kept them in your party for a while. I think it's oh. just I think it's just about how many you have, but I don't know. I don't release okay. any of the ones that have been in my party, obviously, because they're. I just, you know, I try to save like at least one of every one, but I realized I had like 50 Bidoofs. So I'm like, well, I could, I could get rid of like at least 49 of these Bidoofs because I, because Bidoof was the one that I, was the page that I actually did get everything checked off just because I wanted to see if there was a difference. Like if you actually completed everything on there and it isn't, it says, it's just the same thing as everything else. You know, I used to follow up Bidoof on Twitter. It would just say Badoof all the time. <laughs> this was like ten years ago, but I, I was just thinking about that every time I say Badoof. I'm like, I remember when I used to follow Badoof on Twitter, and it was just like Doof Doof Badoof Doof, and that was like all all the tweets were, and that was just people like Badoof. <laughs> Eventually, I just I, uh, was playing Pokemon. I like Badoof. Shauna saw me playing, and she's like, "Who is that?" It's like the she big teeth. Badoof was really cute. Yeah, 
I just think it's funny that just the Bidoof talk and all that. Which I guess other people have kind of been upset about that, that the Pokemon still make the noises that they did on the Game Boy. But I kind of love that. <laughs> just that it's still I like the, the same, consistency. That it's still like, dirt, dirt. you know, it's like, a, I don't know. It's mm. it's like it's like a, the Dragon Quest games, you know, where they're, like, they're like, we're not, cool. we're not changing shit for anything. It's still going to have that same fucking intro. If you're like wearing everything. headphones or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have like stereo sound and you can like hear it back like yeah. the sound of like just digital cl- uh like groaning yeah and i love how you can just you could put them out in the environment whenever and just mm-hmm. look at them and and the scale is really cool like they did really good scaling stuff like that actually this game reminds me a lot of Shin Megami Tensei 5 in that way where like the pokemon are out in the world they they are as big as like you expect them to be and i think you could totally play both these games hand in hand and they're very very similar i know Shin Megami Tensei 5 also has a huge influence from Breath of the Wild, but you kind of play the game the same way, where you have like this big giant world where you go around and you catch your demons and you try to upgrade your demons, you try to combine your demons to make better demons to build, make yourself strong enough to go on to the next part of the game. That's like the same way that you do this. Like the way you, the way you play both of the games are very very similar. Like it's, uh, I don't know, for, for people who like Arceus and want to play it a harder version of it, I say uh, try out Shin Megami Tensei Five, even though it is. It is a shame that you can't just like walk up to a demon and just start talking to them to recruit them instead of actually fighting them. That'd be funny if they did that for the next one. But just as far as like the catching, you know, Pokemon outside of the battles and all that. But I do want to mention some more things that I thought was really cool that they changed in the game. Uh, number one, now you don't have to lose moves anymore. I thought that was really awesome. Like you never lose any of your moves. So when you learn a new move, you can just basically go and edit your amount of moves that you can use, but you can always bring them back like if you if you so like if you accidentally in the old ones you know you would have to get rid of a move to get a new move and you could only keep four moves but now you can keep like all of them and you can just edit out your move set whenever you want which i thought that was really really cool and and sometimes and and if they get new ones you have to go into the menu to look for them like you might not they won't automatically tell you so it's best to check your pokemon you know after you've used one for a while and see if there's new moves in there and you can kind of switch them out and it'll show you like the you know, the hit points and the damage and all that stuff that it does. So that was, that was really cool. Like I was really, I was like, wow, that's a, I don't know. I was like, that that's great. Oh, and, and we didn't even mention the strong agile type stuff as well, where uh, it's, it's basically kind of, it's speaking from another RPG that I really liked. It's kind of borrowed some stuff from Bravely Default, where, uh, where if you use the agile type, it's more of a quicker attack to where you can attack more times. And if you use the strong type, it takes longer for it to get back to your turn. So it's like the same thing as like braving and defaulting in Bravely Default 2, but now it's in Pokemon as well. So whenever I'm trying to catch a Pokemon, I've been agiling everything so I can come back and fight again and not take off as much damage. That's kind of been my strategy on that. I don't know if you've gotten to the point where you've actually got to mess around with a lot of that stuff, Jeremy, but it does become important later. But yeah, it's basically like Bravely Default, the Pokemon game, (laughs) where it's like a... You know, where you can, if you do the agile, you can do a bunch of attacks. I'm happy to hear there's more stuff that I haven't gotten to yet, which I knew there would be, but I also didn't know if I was going to be stuck in a gameplay loop. Like, you know, they've kind of say the same thing about Dragon Quest, but this feels kind of like um, very episodic. Like you're watching the anime, like you hear it's a new section and you got to do this. Okay, now you're going to the new section and you got to do this. And there's a new character you're talking to. And it's fine if it's like that. I just hope that's not exclusively how it works. Yeah, I mean, I've just, I, I like I said, I just kind of got stuck in the uh, catching, catching, evolving Pokemon stuff, which I really like. So, I know some people have said that, like, that, that maybe there's there should be like more dungeons and stuff like that, but I don't really care. Like, I'm I'm here to catch Pokemon, so 
that's what that's what I but I've been enjoying. This is definitely a sign of things to come with Pokemon, I think. And they're really testing the waters and in some ways it feels like they've thrown too much into one pot and they didn't like refine any one element enough, maybe. But all the ideas are really good. I'm probably just repeating it. <laughs> verbatim what other people have said but that's really how i feel so I, I guess the main thing we haven't really talked about yet and what is like the, this some stupid discourse on the internet but people seem to not like the way the game looks i guess people don't like the graphics i think it looks great but i but don't ask me i obviously don't care about graphics i think it looks like a pretty cartoony thing but there are like no textures but that's most nintendo games if you played uh even the first party ones have like no texture for the ground or whatever i've noticed like if there's flying pokemon and they're kind of like more than like 20 feet away from you they turn into this very like early like thinking of like early 1900s like stop motion like what that looked like oh yeah no they do they do the same thing on a ease on the ease game it's got like four frames of them flying yeah that's not that's not really that weird to me because that's the same thing that would happen in ease eight and nine when you saw an enemy in the distance they kind of just like that you can tell they're it's like, like a cartoon of them until you yeah they're get not, a little closer they're not doing you can tell they're doing a different animation and it's like a not you know it's not fully whatever it's you know it's like pop in kind of but you see it in the background but it's not yeah it would do that there all the time a, there's the a lot East of pop in this as far as like um, especially the landscape kind of changing shape the closer you get to it as they like add more polygons or whatever I, th- I think that, and, and I don't have the, f- I don't have the like bird yet, but I can imagine that once you get on the bird and flying around, it probably doesn't look great. Is, is what is what I would guess is, is that is that correct? Like it, it kind of reminds me of um, Subnautica when we played that mm-hmm. game on Switch. Like I love Subnautica, and it looks great when you're swimming around, but once you get in like a it, a vehicle and start going fast, it doesn't look as good. <laughs> it doesn't run as well. You know, like I kind of because it doesn't have. As much time to load. Yeah, I imagine. This, yeah, on PC yeah. it's not like that. Yeah, I love Subnautica by the way. Oh yeah, no, I I love Subnautica too. From what I played of it, I really want to finish it, but I got kind of stuck in the middle of it. But uh, same. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I got kind of lost, but um, but it does kind of remind me of that game a little bit too, I guess, because of like crafting and all that stuff. But I don't know if I mentioned it, but it reminds me of Pokemon Snap. I mean, that's obvious, but the uh, the stealthy catching mechanic almost feels like waiting for the right pose and then taking the photo. You know, like. You wait for them to turn away, and you're more likely to catch them. Or if they're like sleeping, it seems like they're easier to catch. Oh yeah, and you get points for that on some Pokedex pages. Also, mm-hmm. you'll get more for catching them. You more for catching them at the night, or catching them in the daytime, or like the Geo dudes. You get more for mm-hmm. finding them in rocks. Like when you break a rock and they pop out, you get more for that. Or like a, my favorite one is just like just decimating them when it's just like defeat this many so i just go around and i'm just like killing one after another that was the last thing i did for badoofs it's like destroy 25 badoofs and i'm like yes i'm going to destroy all of them and i'm just running around torching like level three badoofs with like my level 50 characters they're like trying to run away but they can't i'm just destroying them (laughs) yeah i mean they can still get away when you're in the actual battle but but yeah, I was, and also another thing that reminds me of Shin Megami Tensei, if you throw, if you throw the ball at them, when you start the battle, if you hit them from behind, they'll be automatically stunned when you start, mm-hmm. when you start the thing. So that's the same thing with like, with like a persona and Shin Megami Tensei, where like, if you run behind them and hit them with the sword, like you'll start off, you'll start off the match, like with being your turn and all that. I don't know if I would mention it, but the nice thing to me too, if you are more of like a just hunting down the main story thing is the mounts. Um, because you really don't have to fight as much as you like irritate things on the mounts. You can just keep running for the most part. And if you get knocked off the mount, you can usually get back on the mount and keep going, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. 
But I also, you know how you can pick up um, plants and things while you're on the mount? Yeah. I really wish you could just do rocks like that, too. Um, oh, like yeah. Crystals, but you can't. And that's just a small thing. But I just, I that was one of the things I wrote down in my notes. Because I was like, well, if you can do, if you can pick up other stuff, I wish you could, and talk to people, I wish you could just do the crystals, too. And then fight if something pops out. But that's just a, an aside. But I, I found, like, you didn't even have to use items as much. Like, I wasn't using stealth sprays as much or whatever. Because I could just get on the mountain and peace out once I was done doing whatever I was doing at yeah. the time. And I read, a, I guess I, I saw, like, um, an article title that was something like that. That was like, don't don't use your weird ear or whatever. Or, no, there was there was a review I was reading that was saying, like, oh, that they enjoyed more, like, walking around than actually using the mounts and stuff like that. So, and I actually have been walking around a lot. But it is really nice when it's, like... Your next thing is like 600 away or something. You can just jump on your weird deer and just run up there as quick as you can. And that was another thing, I guess, before I forget. Um, this is the first time I've ever used the bottom, the, the buttons on the bottom of my controller, of my 8-bit Doe controller. This is the first time I've ever, uh, I've ever like made them into buttons because in order to play, to, in order to ride the weird deer, if you want to go fast, you have to hold the B button. And that sucks because holding the B button, you can't turn anymore. So if you try to do, there's a little like mini game, which kind of reminds me of Zelda, obviously. There's a there's a mini game where you run through all of these uh, balloons, and if you beat all of them, you get an extra stuff for it and all that. And I wanted to get through that. So I ended up mapping my B button to the bottom of the controller so I can run fast with Weird Ear and still like turn because you wouldn't be able to do it with the B button. So this is the first time I've used the buttons on the bottom of my 8-Bit Doe 2.0 controller was because of the weird mapping of how you have to run. And I'm like, why can't you just press in the stick for the weird deer? Also, that's weird too. I, I feel like pressing in the stick to run is not great. Like, I feel like I'm not hitting it hard enough or my character only runs for like two seconds or it, it's nice that you can warp around the town because it, like, once you get there, you're like, oh, I'm not moving fast enough. Like I need, you know, I need to get over there like way quicker, but thankfully you can warp to different parts of the town that, you know, will make it a little bit quicker, but yeah. But I mean, overall, I mean, you, it's, can you, uh, when is your review going up for this, by the way? Oh, probably tomorrow. Because uh, I'm probably going to end up writing it tonight and just making sure everything's all set for it. So probably tomorrow. Okay. Because we don't, we don't post this, we won't post this uh, episode until a couple days from now. So do you want to like say what your review is or say anything about that? Like before the, since, since you yeah. should have it posted before. Because this will be yeah. up on Friday. Um, we do rate, we do ratings, although, uh, like Altel's stance on ratings is like do them if you have to, but um, but not like he'd rather just talk about it than give it like a number. But um, I I honestly think it's at least three and a half stars. I might push it up to four. I really had a great time with it. I thought it was one of the better games I've played. It was we do a four star system, but I there were some things I wish would have been a little different. So I think I'm leaning towards a three and a half on it because just the, some of the little things I mentioned and you mentioned. Um, but I, overall, I really, I felt like the story was really good. I felt like I wanted to keep coming back to it. I felt like anytime I started to lose interest, that something cool would happen and then I would be sucked right back in. Um, and I felt like there was, obviously there's very different approaches you could take to it and still have a great time. Cause I felt like if you do motor through it and just do the main quest, you're going to have a great time. But if you spend your, if you like spend a lot of time with it, you're going to get rewarded for spending a lot of time with it and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And no matter which path you take, you can kind of go back and do it the opposite way. Like you could start motoring through quests right now if you wanted to, or I can go back and just take it easy and still build things up and there's still plenty to do. So honestly, like all my complaints are kind of small. Uh, and even though I 
graphically, I didn't really say much when you said it, but uh, it's not. I, I feel like they could have done more. Um, and the only reason I say that is coming from Paparazzi, which is just like a weird indie game um, who was using a totally different format. I felt like they did better things with like lighting and stuff. And so I feel like there maybe there's some missed opportunity there, but it didn't really ruin my experience. And some of it's really quite pretty anyway. It's pretty gorgeous in some places. So I really don't feel like it's a big complaint. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like there's a lot of options. I feel like there's a lot of accessibility um, for someone who didn't really know a lot about Pokemon. It makes you kind of want to ask a bunch of questions to somebody who really did. So I feel like it's <laughs> a good entry point because um, like the stuff you're telling me, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't know that. That's interesting. You know, so there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of cool moments and I, uh, towards the end, I was, even though I was rushing through it, I kept being like, wow, this just happened. Like what's going to happen next? And like, I still feel like that. So to me, it's a really, really great game. I say, if you want to know more about the story, you can always play a brilliant diamond or shining pearl on Nintendo switch, even though that, I might that have to go back, even though that one's kind of uh, I think that one's kind of divisive just because it's weird the way they remade it, because it's like, you know, it's like still top down. It's kind of chibi and, I've said before, it's a mixture of like a really good looking game and a not so great looking game. I don't really like the chibi stuff, but I think the battle stuff where everybody's like the normal size they should be looks cool. But it might be worth taking a look after this just because they are directly related because the area that you're in is the area that's that is in that is Pearl and Diamond. And of course, like the Pearl and Diamond clans is a reference to that. And and uh, Jubilife, the, the town that you're in is a is like a full blown city when you get to 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 pearl and diamond so so there are oh, like cool. there are references like jubilife is like a is a city in, in pearl and diamond that's the things i felt like i missed a little bit like that stuff although jubilife to me just sounds like a drink that you sell in an mlm scheme yeah i, <laughs> I kind of get out of it like mm, jubilife like i don't know why it was like that just like the whole time oh totally I, I did think it was kind of funny that you start on prelude beach like i thought that was funny like it's you know, it's the beginning of the game. It's a prelude to the game. It's and you're in here. You're on Prelude Beach, and it's like, what is it? Training. It's it, there's like training uh, forest or something like that. After that, where it's like, obviously named after exactly what it is. Like I always think that's kind of funny. It was like yeah, that is kind of funny. It was like that town from Dragon Quest Seven called Not Again that would just constantly <laughs> get hit by all these terrible plagues. Like every time you went there, <laughs> and that was actually what it was called was Not Again, but spelled differently. You know, but yeah, it's like a yeah. fun fun Hell stuff mouth, like that. Know. I, I like I like little little cool uh, little punish uh, levels and all that. Did you guys name your Pokemon stupid things, or is it just me? Because I like to name my Pokemon stupid things when I get them and I use them for a while. They have to be on my team for a while, and then I can think of their names. But I Got that a... bug that I was telling you about, his name is Edward Hands, because <laughs> his hands is too obvious. But <laughs> I do I love naming them. It's one of my stupid hobbies in the game. So here, here's my thing about naming Pokemon. Okay, so the first the first game, Red and Blue, I never named any of my Pokemon. You know, it's like, oh, whatever. You know, I, I won't name them because it's the first game I ever played. And then I played Silver on Game Boy Color, and uh, I named everything. And I couldn't fucking find any of them because I, I didn't know I didn't know what they were because I, I I gave them all weird names. And I'm like, where's the fucking owl thing or what? I don't know. I, I called it like uh, Shitface or something. I never named any of that, but but I couldn't but I couldn't find out what the actual Pokemon type was. So after that, I vowed to never name a Pokemon again. But I but I did actually I have actually named some in this one just because there were ones that were in my party for a while and I didn't want to accidentally release them. So I. So I gave them different names, but you can also like put markings on them. You can like heart them and all that, which I've been doing that now instead of renaming them. I'm just putting a heart on them in the in the pasture, so I know that that's the one that I used and the one that I kind of like changed the move set and all that. So so I won't like accidentally get rid of it. Yeah, like sure. my um 
my alpha rapidash is called bad horse so there you go but but i, I would do that i mean there's ones i've been like hanging out with for a while but i kind of you know it's it's like my Snorlax is my Snorlax, you know. It's I don't know what else to call him, <laughs> you know. Like I think Snorlax is a great name, so I don't know. Or like, or, or I thought about just calling him Infernape, like Chimchar forever. I, I actually thought about doing that in some of the older ones where I'm like, but I like the first version of them. I just want them to always be called like that instead of like whatever they turn into. I want you all always to be a Squirtle and not a Venus. Yeah, what does their name have to change just because they they evolve? Well, if, I agree. Well, if you rename them, you could you could always call them Chimchar or Squirtle or whatever you know i call it all of my pokemon nintendo main and then i release them into the wild so. <laughs> well you can't podcast. can't do that anymore though there, i know I mean, there's, no, <laughs> there, there's no random I did that uh, in, uh, shield yeah there, there's there's no like a wonder trade or anything like i, I guess i do kind of miss that but but it but this one oh, that's another main thing that i love about this is there's not two of them with different types of pokemon in each mm-hmm. version there's one version Everything you can get in this one version, and for me, who's like very much a single player gamer, I love that. Like, I, I love that it's like, I mean, yeah, trading was cool in the '90s or whatever. If you want to hook up your fucking Game Boys together, but right now, I just want everything to be on the game. You know, I don't, I don't want to need to like track somebody down to get this specific Pokemon or, like I said, the trading evolutions. I started to hate those after after a while because when you want when your favorite Pokemon involves the trading revolution, like every time you. Every time you get the new game, you have to try to figure out if you're going to actually try to track somebody down to trade you, or you're just going to forever be a Kadabra and never make your way to Alakazam or whatever. So, and and they and and also like they have the stones in there, the leaf and water stone and all that, which I haven't really thought about those since like the first game. I guess they were still in the other ones, but I feel like they just really like streamlined it very well. And I just I, I love the also yeah the the battles are completely seamless. Like you don't go to a different like battle screen. You know, it just becomes a battle and you can just kind of like walk around and change the camera angle and stuff like that. I found that really cool. Even though sometimes when the Pokemon are really big, you got to like make sure and tilt the camera back so you know like what their life meter is (laughs) because they they might be off the screen, which is kind of funny too. You know, when you're fighting like the like the um, Onyx, like Alpha Onyx and Steelix and stuff like that, the ones that are like really tall. But yeah, it's, it's great. I've been I've been really enjoying it a lot. Like I said, it's my it's definitely my favorite Pokemon game as of right now. Like it's it's up there with Black and White, which Black and White is my favorite Pokemon game. But uh, but it's I mean as of right now, it's like my favorite P- Switch game of the year. Like it's I don't know. Like Kirby and the Forgotten Lands better be good or something. I don't know. <laughs> this is like game of the year already for me from what I've played the twenty seven hours or whatever. Like. I love the shit out of it. Like I've just been playing it and I'm like, this game is great. I love this game. That's just sort of what I think about every time I play it. So hopefully it doesn't get, I don't get bored with it or anything like that. But as of right now, like I was up to like six 30 in the morning playing it last night and I've been playing it every night, you know, cause it's great. I love it. It's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a great game. It's a good podcast game too. If you're not doing any of the main quests, you can just listen to podcasts while you're running around catching Pokemon. Oh Yeah. I like definitely zone out in this game. I like games where you can, yeah, where there's like a fun gameplay loop that you can play and kind of zone out and listen to other stuff and let your brain like, you know, relax and pick things apart and all that stuff. So, I know John hasn't said anything for like an hour because you're not a because you're not a Pokemon guy. But (laughs) is there anything that you? I mean, is there anything you thought of while we were talking about this that you wanted to ask or whatever? Um, no, I mean, I'm just not interested in Pokemon. It's not my thing. But um, I was kind of intrigued by the breath of the wild comparisons see how much like i guess if you could quantify on the scale of traditional pokemon to breath of the wild where does it fall one to ten oh, you mean like how uh like, how, between... like, if, like if a ten is breath of the wild and one is traditional pokemon where is it five yeah i'd say five probably i mean right that's what i'd say i don't know that much but yeah that's where i put it 
the yeah. crafting is very similar. So it's got the a very similar crafting element. And as far as like finding lots of things you can craft with in, in the environment, like it's everywhere. You really do get a nice flow to this game too. Like I like how you just like can just walk away after you like throw your Pokemon at a tree. You know, you just keep going. Oh yeah, you can you can going. do that badass like where you you know where like the building's exploding behind you or whatever. You like mm-hmm. throw like three Pokeballs at three different Pokemon, turn around and just like high tail. So and you're like, I know they're like, in there. Whatever. <laughs> you know, Trey so. was talking about his Badoof <laughs> massacre. Like you can really just get into that like frenzy mode where you're just like kill 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 like it moves really quick because of the i like the lack of changing over yeah the battle the battle system i felt like was really was really fast and that's you know that's always a huge thing for me with with rpgs is the battle system and i think the battle system was really good on this and it's very like super super fast you know so i like that have they addressed the pokemon fitting into the pokeballs before or is that starting here i was wondering about that i I didn't professor's like they can shrink to small sizes. That's why we put them in the balls. It's like, um, have they ever mentioned that about Pokemon before? So that that kind of messed with my own headcanon there, because I always thought that the Pokeballs shrink them, that it's part of the technology of the Pokeball. So did I. That shrinks them into a world. But why would they... the uh, the things from Ghostbusters. They suck the... Yeah, 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 the ghost traps, I guess. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Correctly, was there an episode of the Pokemon anime where they go inside the Pokeball? I don't know. I, I don't know if you... Well, maybe. I haven't seen all of the episodes, but did you ever see... Uh, what is it? Do you ever seen Wishmaster? Do you ever watch those horror movies the, about oh. about the genie that like lives inside of a gem or something like that? And you go inside of it, and I'm he has like this. I've not seen it. He has like this really huge world with all these tunnels and smoke everywhere. That's what right. I always imagine is what a Pokemon looks like. It just look up Wishmaster. Maybe you can. Robert England's right. in the first one from Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a fun. It's a fun series of movies. But the the Wishmaster's world that he lives inside of the gem thing is what I always imagined what pokemon balls look like yeah. oh see i thought of it as like the tarnish it's bigger on the inside yeah know? yeah like like that too that, that i dream of well. genie yeah, yeah she goes inside yep. the bottle yeah. i was gonna say i dream of genie and uh what else was i gonna say oh at the top of the show i almost wanted to quote aladdin where he's like phenomenal cosmic power anybody living space <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you're catching these giant pokemon's little tiny balls like yeah. come on now do they really like this you're saying they do but do they but, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you, but you're catching them against their will. Like they're trying to break out of the ball whenever you throw it at them. Like I don't think they're yeah. m- they're minimizing on their own to get in. I think that's get get rid of that. That's I, I always thought it was part of the Pokeball technology, which is made they like fr- to be cozy, which is made from a- from apricots. Apparently, didn't know but, that. But you use fruit, yeah, you use hollow fruit out an apricot uh, <laughs> and then put a rock on top of it. Yeah, it's uh, simple. A- <laughs> ap- apricots and pebbles is like how you make the. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like all the different. I don't know. I, once I started using the feather balls more often, those are awesome. I don't know if you've gotten into using those yet, Jeremy. But they're the ones that you can just throw in a straight line. I and just you don't have to worry about the those. about the arc and all that. And I didn't I use know. them because I thought I had to save them for flying Pokemon. But no, just use them all the time because they're just more of like a direct shot, and you can just like throw it right cool. at them. And yeah, yeah, I literally just got the recipe for those. But technically, as far as like I know, John doesn't like uh, turn based battles and all that. But I, I I think it would be, and somebody's going to do the streaming, but I think you could maybe play through the whole game just without doing any of that. Just catching the Pokemon and leveling up and not fighting any of them ever. And just maybe just at the bosses, just throw, just throw the powder and never use any of your Pokemon. You might be able to go through the whole game without ever getting into a turn-based battle. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. you beat the game. There might be some later stuff where you do actually, actually, you know what? I do think sometimes you do have to fight. To progress yeah, the you story. do. You would, end up, you would, but yeah. you could. I mean, like a lot of the NPCs will be like, like, "Fight me." Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, because there's some, uh, there are some trainer battles in there, and actually, I really like how much they minimize the trainer battles because from playing like Shining Pearl before this, there's these whole areas where you fight like thirty fucking trainer mm-hmm. trainer battles, one after another after another, and I'm just kind of like. Okay, yeah, here you are. You're wearing your fucking karate gi. Yeah, you got your one fighting Pokemon guy. Okay, yeah, bring him out. All right. I destroyed him with psychic powers. All right, next one. Like, it just, it got kind of tedious after a while. Well, the, the it's other ones. not always going to be light on that. And, mm-hmm. like, that gets, it that comes back a little bit at the end. It gets a little bit gauntlety. Like, it's like a... there has to be like something similar to the to what what the champion championship road or whatever they call it the final four like mm-hmm. where you where you gotta fight all the best there has to be something similar to that at this right the way every Pokemon ends where you you know get to your star road or whatever they call it and you gotta fight the the best of the best yeah and like people just pop out of the woodwork and they're like anyways fight me and you're like why and they're like because you because reasons I don't know <laughs> <laughs> because you need to fight I'm hungry yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm glad that they they made it more simple and got rid of like Gigantamax and all that shit from so Pokemon wait, Sword and Shield. But back to the size thing, and I kind of wanted to bring this up, and we don't have to get into it too much. But like, if they can shrink, then why is it all that special that they can grow? Like, whatever, they can just <laughs> change their size at will. Like their why don't ant, they like their so Ant-Man small Pokemon. that they infect? Yeah, that they infect the other Pokemon like viruses when they fight them. Like, yeah, do why they just do shrink ant- and go straight to the heart and like you know? Do some ant man shit, artery or something. Exactly. That's some alien stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> get in there and destroy their. Cut off their blood vessels or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, the only thing I think the minimize move was like supposed to like make it so you can dodge easier or something like that in the mm. in the um, turn based battle stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I love this game. Like I said, it's already. I feel like it's already my game of the year, and it's only January, so wow. it's a pretty. It's a pretty like. Uh, I, I, everywhere. I, I hope I hope I hope you like it, Jeremy. It does kind of you know I it do does, like it. It does kind of remind me a little bit of Dragon Quest Eleven at times. I guess too, sort of has that fam- familiarity in there. But it reminds me a lot of the games that I like. Like it reminds me of Shin Megami Tensei Five and Dragon Quest Eleven. And it's just the way I thought Pokemon should always should go. I plan on so, seeing credits in this. Yeah. I and it'll it'll just go onto my stack of pokemon games i beat which will be two after this unless you count pokemon snap which yeah. i don't know if we do but also i, I really like the music I, I like the music in the world it kind of has some of it has like kind of this fun like bluesy uh you know uh horn stuff in there that i enjoy it kind of reminded me weirdly enough it reminded me of kind of like some of the music from the lego the lego marvel superheroes game really random but they, there's a lot of uh bluesy stuff in that too while you're while you're walking around the city so it, it was it, it it felt different than a lot of the songs from the other pokemon even though the battle s- song is kind of the same and i know it's still uh go ichinose is still doing the music and all that is there do you have any final thoughts that you want to say about this mario before we before we move on i know we've been talking for like an hour about pokemon but i wanted to because this is a big game for nintendo switch and everybody no, seems to be game. playing it it's i tend to agree with you like i mean like mm. I hate to say anything is game of the year in January, but it's happened more than once. Uh, but like, I honestly, it's it's up there. It's really up there. I really had a great time, and I despite when I do reviews and I beat the game, usually I'm done with it. You know what I mean? If sometimes, not all the time, it depends on how much I really like the game. Like, I'll come back to things like The Long Dark or something that I just really, really like. But I literally am already thinking like I have to like keep going because I still don't know what happens, you know, and I need to figure it out. Plus, there's a bunch more stuff that you mentioned that I want to do. So, anytime a game really hooks me like that, I feel like it's it's really up there. Um, and the whole 
It looks like it was on PS2 thing, seems like. That, People yeah. just trying to find a problem where there really isn't one, you know? That so, just, on, yeah. honestly, yeah, I love it. That drives me crazy, because it's like, have you played a PS2 game recently? Like, this game does not look like a PS2 game. Like, this looks a lot better than the PS2 could ever do. I don't That's know. That's true, and like, yeah. we have a retro game room downstairs, and I've been playing uh, SSX Tricky, and let me tell you, SSX oh, Tricky yeah. does not look good. And uh, <laughs> I love those it games. definitely does yeah. look the same. Me too. What it, what, <laughs> I, I never played the one on PlayStation 2, but SSX Blur on Wii, I played the shit out of that game. I love that <laughs> game. And the soundtrack was so good, too. And you, we had to do the moves like with the motion control, but it was it was fun. Like I, I yeah, I, I, I sung so much praise about that game when when it came out. But yeah, SSX those are cool. But yeah, it's like a lot of those uh, PS2 games don't age well. But no. I don't know if 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 you play like the Shin Megami Tensei three, the Nocturne remaster, I thought that still looked pretty good for a PlayStation two game. So yeah, I don't it's know. not everything. Honestly, Debatable. like it it really depends. And I think you can do like you can take old technology and make really beautiful games out of it there are some nes games that are beautiful in their own way you know um but yeah but in general this was like definitely high up there and this is a year that we're looking for splatoon 3 to come out i'm a huge splatoon person so oh nice i mean like i i'm already really excited and for not being like a pokemon person or even a turn-based person because i kind of relate to john i don't usually do a lot of turn-based stuff but i just i love the hell out of this game I, i had a great time with it and i'm still having a great time with it so yeah i mean like i'm going to catch them all this time i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm wondering how many there are total i know i know it's like less of a pokedex it's not like all 100 500 of them however many there are now but it but yeah i, I want to try to catch as many as i can and i mean i would buy dlc too if they wanted to go like pokemon shield, sword and shield route you know they added a 40 dollar uh, double DLC thing on there. I would do that probably. Like, we'll see. I mean, talk to me in a month and see how much farther I've gotten into it. But it's been, mm. I've been playing it every day and there's like nothing else I want to play more than it. So it's, that says a lot to me as far as like game of the year stuff goes. And I just love it. Like, like I'm playing it. I'm like, ah, this game is so good. I love this game. I think <laughs> so. I agree in some regards with people that have said like, maybe this could have spent a little bit more time and development and that would have just been to smooth over the edges you know like maybe it would have been just as great of a game but would have looked a little nicer so i don't know for sure if i agree with that completely i mean i think it would have been more people would have been complaining about the graphics less but for it to come out at the time of year that it did was probably really good for it and uh if they are planning on doing some sort of dlc well this is just another case of push that game out because we can fix it later if we need to Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I figured it's um I always I always figure it's like somebody who plays more uh next generation systems than I do that would probably notice it more. I mostly just play Switch, so it all looks the same to me. You don't notice <laughs> once you get into the gameplay loop, like no matter how great graphics are in a game, you know, I played yeah, it's somewhat dated at this point, but I played, you know, God of War on PlayStation Four. Yeah. When it came out, and that was an amazing looking game, but within twenty minutes of playing it, it's God of War, you know, like okay, cool. Like that guy looks really cool over there but like i'm not paying attention anymore i'm just trying to kill him yeah exactly yeah graphics only take you so far it can't be pretty and then not play well well yeah i think we're also kind of to the point where graphics don't mean that much or at least they i don't know i think it's like it's like how good can you make it like it's how much i don't know whatever just more uncanny valley now because the technology still hasn't gotten there. Yeah, so the characters still look weird when they do try to make them look realistic, so I don't know. And and yeah, like you were saying, like, you know, like stuff like Uncharted that are supposed to look really good, like, I got bored with that game pretty quickly, because the shoot and hide was like, okay, this is, 
shoot and hide and climb. It's like, okay, after you do that a couple times, I'm like, eh, I want to play something else. It's kind of boring to me. But that's my but that's my opinions. But why don't we uh, if 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 anybody if you don't have anything else to say about Pokemon Legends Arceus, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of the stuff. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! So we're back, and uh, John, what have you been doing for the week? Well, I played Banjo-Kazooie, and I heard you guys talking about it in last week's episode. Did you agree with my rants about how uh, Banjo-Kazooie has, has not aged well over the years? <laughs> yeah, to, to a degree. I think I played probably played about three hours of it. And I, I, too, like you, had never really played it when it came out. I think that's right. You never played it when it came out, right? No, I, I played it when it came out. I haven't played okay. it, like, recently. Like I played oh, it, it. So, I played it in like '99 or whenever it came out, but I didn't, I didn't return to it like I did with uh, Super Mario RP, or Super Mario 64. Yeah, I never played it. 
aside from a time maybe around 2006 when it was Otis or, or my other roommate, Brian, he had it. So I tried it for a second. Um, it was my first time really trying to dive into it and get a real impression of it. And man, it's a collectathon. Jeremy was right. I, I appreciate now how modern 3D platforms have advanced to where there's, there's other means of getting you to want to go here and there all over the, the map. But, but that seems like that's what, what their primary uh, design function was to have all these different types of collectibles and they're scattered everywhere all over the map. That, and that's what's going to get you, you know, up that mountain or like across that river. Yeah. I think now modern developers have realized that it's enticing enough to just have a location. To have, you see a mountain, you want to go up it. And that's, that's good enough. But I, I appreciate what I do appreciate about it is the cartooniness and the general presentation looks really polished, especially for an N64 game. I think they, they nailed that as best they could on that system. It feels like you're you're playing a, a video game cartoon, and like you got all the sounds, you got the uh, you know bouncy looking characters, and all that. It looks really nice. Still, yeah, that's what I will say. The platforming, the controls, like Trey had mentioned, like you guys were talking about how how a lot of people's complaints were about oh this controls terrible and all that. And it's like yeah, welcome to single stick 3D platforming. There it mm. is. That's that was it. They did the best they could with what they had. Um, do, you, do you find it? Do you find it better or worse playing with it? Because you're playing the Nintendo 64 controller with it, right? The wireless one. Yep. I, I actually yep. found it worse playing with that than playing with the 8-bit dough for me. Okay, so when you play with the 8-bit dough, are you controlling the camera with the right stick? Yeah, but that but that doesn't really bother me that much because that's what I would do with it anyway. I guess you know, there's the up and down that you do to shoot the eggs, but yep. and that's kind of weird, I guess, using the stick, but. I was dying a lot trying to use the 64 controller on it, so I just went back to the 8-bit dough. Because, I don't know, it feels, like, kind of confined, and because there's so many, like, narrow things to walk on in uh, Banjo-Kazooie mm-hmm. that I found myself walking off of the side of a lot of things more on the 64 controller. Right, or, like, there's parts where you've got to jump on a spring to land on a higher platform, but the higher platform is only a big, and so you're miscalculating where to land. And yeah. That doesn't happen so much in in modern platformers anymore it's you're you know they've tweaked it sort of that kind of thing is more accurate but that's not so in here the swimming was probably the most pain painful thing for me like it really is just like banjo is just this like flat board and you gotta tilt the board to go whichever (laughs) direction you want and then you hit the button so the board can go forward one unit of space it's kind of weird yeah because well and it has like like, if you hold b it goes faster if you hold a it goes really really slow so you want to hold b but it doesn't feel as fluid as like holding a for mario 64 swimming around at least for me i didn't, I didn't feel like it worked as well right but i can look past all that because i know where the platforming genre was at the time and i can appreciate the uh, the advancements that that game made and I'll, I'll keep i'll keep playing i don't know if i'll play through the whole thing but i'll definitely go back every once in a while and, and give it a shot and I, i'm enjoying it and if they put banjo 2e on there it'd be interesting to see what things they corrected in that yeah i'm really interested in that because i guess uh as I mentioned it before, but Banjo-Tooie maybe didn't run as well as Banjo-Kazooie did originally, like as far as like frame rates and stuff like that. So I would believe it because they probably tried to add too much to it. Yeah. Because they didn't use the expansion pack as far as I know. Yeah. Because I, ne- I never played Banjo-Tooie. So if for that one, hopefully, I-, I expect that it will probably show up since Banjo-Kazooie is on there. But I'd like to play it. But I'm wondering how, since I already kind of had a hard time getting into Banjo-Kazooie 1. And my main problem was, like I was saying, is how fucked up the overworld is. Where like nothing, like you get... I said it last, but like you, you like get on a thing and you put all your jigsaw pieces in there and it, it opens a door, but it doesn't show you where the door is. It's like, okay, why can't I just go into that painting or something? It, it's not as, 
easy yeah. to get into levels as 64 is, I don't think. What kept bugging me is that I would keep accidentally walking back over to the to the the starting platform and then there is no confirmation like do you want to leave the level you just leave oh yeah that's annoying too because it automatically yeah. just takes you out and you're like wait but i, I didn't mean to I was just and then to of get course the you gotta things better you, it, that wouldn't be such a big deal except for it resets all your collected items yeah so you gotta recollect everything again but these are, are things that developers have learned in the meantime little little tweaks to make things better yeah, less use annoying. those save states yeah right. yeah i worry about collecting stuff that was the first. Uh, that was the first rage quit for Banjo Kazooie for me was when I collected like seventy musical notes and died, and then it's like you're at zero, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this again. I'm like, Fuck honestly, you, it's really not that bad. Like, I don't remember of all the different collectathon games I've played, uh, Banjo Kazooie is the only one where I wanted to get everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe it was the, just the time that I played it. I played it many years later. I played it sometime like right after college. I was just really bored one summer and said, Hey, I'm gonna actually play this game all the way through. And uh, it just, I don't know. I found like the way things are hidden and stuff to be compelling. It doesn't just seem random. It seems like everything was pretty well put together and it's a very well polished game. And I, I would almost say it's better than Mario 64 um, in my opinion, but I think it has a lot to do with my experience with the game because I didn't really, by the time I played Mario 64, I had played more Banjo-Kazooie. So sure. Kind of like, I can see all the spots where, where it's better than Mario 64. And I thought the same thing myself as I was playing it. Um, I haven't. I've only played through. I think the Treasure Trove Cove. I think the only level that I got to the second level. Yeah. Um, so I can't really have a, a solid opinion <laughs> on that. But I did t- find myself thinking, you know, this looks a lot prettier and this sounds a lot more. Um, uh, it sounds a lot better. The music is a little better and, and sounds a lot more full. The sound effects and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The presentation <laughs> is my number one takeaway from this game. It's like for an N sixty four game, it might be one. I think it's certainly one of the best looking and sounding games. Yeah. Um, I think it's debatable whether the soundtrack is better than Mario 64 on there, but that could, that could be its whole, whole own episode because I sure. think, I think Mario 64 has a, has a better soundtrack, less, but, it, uh, but it is, it is a rare game. Not talking Grant about the Kirk, compositions and Grant Kirk. It's Hope more like that. the quality of the actual, like, exactly. There's more, instruments there's more sounds to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not talking about the compositions I'm talking about. How it seems like they have a more layered sound to it. Um, you know, they can do that banjo and the, well, the kazoo and all the different kinds of sounds the, the, the soundscape is a little bit more full i think i do think that the mara songs are obviously better and more catchy more memorable and they kind of they kind of um, show that off at the very beginning when it's like a mambo's like playing the xylophone and like there's mm-hmm. they're playing flutes and that's kind of like already them flexing the different instruments and stuff in there in the intro updated my 8-bit do controller um, yeah i, I did too actually us. yeah the, the reason the reason that i sent that to you was because I wanted to, you know, change the bottom buttons to be so I could move the weird ear around and all that. And I didn't realize that you can update the controller from the app off of your phone straight to the mm-hmm. controller. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I don't have to hook it up to a computer or anything. So I was really far behind. I was like 1.1 and they're at like 1.5 or something like that or 2.5 yeah, me too. Or I was whatever. about the same. So, but you noticed the difference after you updated I it? thought I did. No, I'm not thinking that might have been the placebo effect. <laughs> I thought at first it was connecting to the switch a lot faster. I mean, you know, we've talked about how it, it has problems connecting. Sometimes it'll take like a full, mm-hmm. seems like 30 or maybe 45 seconds sometimes to connect to the switch. Was it like and, that at first or did it just happen over time? It was always like that. Mine, mine's and always been like mine, that. Yeah. Mine connects like, psh, like it's just so instant. Oh, that's good. Instant, like, and it and it does it on both. I know it's not connecting to the dock itself, but for whatever reason, I had problems when I would bring it downstairs versus when I used it upstairs. 
And you've got the two now, correct? Two got the two. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I just got it a couple weeks ago. And I've I've not even gotten the app yet. I need to get the app. But um yeah, everything I've used it for, it's worked really well. So I have no complaints so far. I think it connects like really quick. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that would be better is if it could turn it on, then it would be the perfect controller. Mm, yeah. I just My need first to time connecting after the update to the back of it. What's that? My first time co- connecting after the update, it, it connected in probably 15 seconds. So that's why I thought immediately, wow, it's a lot better. And I don't know why it that's just better. Hasn't done 15 that seconds. Yikes. Well, I mean, yeah. mine, mine more norm uh, takes around like 20 seconds, maybe 15. Basically, I hit the start button and then I hit L and R until the button comes on, until the light comes on. Mm-hmm. So it takes it takes it takes a little bit, but not not that bad as far as I know. My my older one, my gray one, I'll have to like kind of like resync it. I have to hit the resync button on it sometimes for it to start. So that's weird. Or I have to plug it in <laughs> to the wall, like not to the extra system, and then it'll turn on quicker. So there's that. But uh, we didn't we didn't ever get to talk to you after because uh, you weren't available last week, John. But we didn't really get to talk to you much after the Hitman Three update and all that oh, yeah. stuff. And you didn't even you didn't even say get to say on the show that it was free that you didn't have to pay yeah. for it again. Yeah. So the update is free. You're not everything that they announced in that that their own little mini direct that they did is available yet. The thing that is available, the big thing is the elusive target arcade. And so this is where you can try all those different elusive targets that only come around every once in a while. You know, and, and, and I, I think for the better that you, with these elusive targets, you get one shot at them. And that's that if you fail it, you can never play them again. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, however, you do, do feel like you're kind of missing out. Like a couple of them, I, I would try them and I would mess up right at the beginning. So I felt like I didn't like to see the whole experience and, it was kind of a bummer that you can never see it again. But again, I think it's that's such a cool concept. But this is kind of a, the elusive target arcade is kind of a I would say I would say it's like a like a, like a compromise to where here's a new mode where you do get to try all of them. Um, but you know it's it's kind of a in terms of credit or or sort of you know gamer cachet or whatever. It's it's beneath. It's like because you can try it every twelve hours and. You get a you get a series of them that you'll do right in a row, and if you fail, you you know you, you only have to wait twelve more hours, right? So they they found a really good middle ground where I can still sort of get that sort of high praise if I beat the elusive target normal mode. Oh, cool! I got my badge. You know, I'm a, the ultimate hitman gamer, whatever. But now with the elusive target arcade, I actually I actually don't miss out on the experience. So I think I think it's a pretty cool middle ground that they found. And then it's it's the added now you row successfully so each of these elusive targets is probably going to take you on your first go around probably an hour hour and a half to really figure them out so it can be like a meaty experience for for the evening you try one elusive target for the whole night and now you gotta do three of them in a row and i'm enjoying it so i beat one of them so far um i'm looking forward to doing the rest uh the other thing that i did was i got some new outfits i mean they're outfits that were always in the game i just never went through the steps to earn them but i finally said you know i'm I want to get a couple more outfits so i looked up how to do it and uh, i got the the um uh, the white ninja outfit which is i did this one called the proloff parable and this is a special mode where one of the levels is you're on a train and this is a very different level from a typical hitman level it's not open world per se it's you're on a train and you start at the back and you move to the front in the typical game you are sneaking doing all the hitman stuff trying to sneak on this linear train but this one they tweaked it they said Okay, you're a ninja, you have a sword, and every 20 seconds you have to feed the blade, or that's it. Mm. So that means you have to kill someone every 20 seconds. So gone is the sort of stealthy, wait-and-see hitman mode. Now you are just 
rushing, you know, around corners, sneaking, getting in the attack, get, getting the attack in there and taking out as many enemies as you can. It was just like a, a fun uh, arcade mode almost. Really, really different for the Hitman experience. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. So that got me the, the white ninja outfit, which looks really cool. Oh, nice. That, that sounds like something that I would be into. I still need to play the PlayStation 4 version. I just haven't Same. gotten around to it. Well, I, I mentioned it before, but it, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole ordeal with my PS4 because I have to delete a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff before I can install it and sure. all that stuff. Yeah, it looks yeah, fun. I haven't really gotten into it, but it looks really fun. Yeah. You got a Xbox. You have an Xbox, Mariel? Yeah. So it's coming on to uh, on the Game Pass. Oh, cool. I'll have to just download it yeah. then. That's awesome. It might, it might be there already. I think it's there already. It's the whole trilogy oh, cool. too, right? It's the Hitman trilogy. trilogy like it's one, yep. two, and three. Yeah, John's put yeah. like 400 hours, almost 400 yeah, hours into, 400. The, it's, into the Switch It is the version. most replayable so. single-player game that I've ever played. I can say that with, with absolute certainty. Like, it doesn't get old. Um, every, I see something new every time. I hear something new every time. I've mentioned it before about the dialogue on this game. It just seems never-ending. Like, I always hear the characters say new things, and it's it's just confounding to me. Like, how can they put so much into this game and I'm 400 hours in I'm still seeing new things every time I play the game. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I love it. it. It was, it, it, it became available on game pass on the 20th of January. So it should, okay. it should be on there. And then it, it is the whole trilogy. It's the Hitman trilogy. So check oh, it out. Perfect. Yeah. I just needed it. an excuse. That's a good excuse. Yeah. You know, talk about games that came out in January and were game of the year. That's what happened. It came out last January and it ended up being my game of the year. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I did was, I got the pirate outfit and that was just for fun. Like there's a, de- there's a desert Island level or not, not desert Island, but like a, a resort Island level. We're on the, this fancy resort for rich people who do bad things. And, uh, and this special mode that, that I had to do, um, I had to attack people with the pirate sword. I had to uh, shoot people with a, a cannon and all kinds of crazy, funny stuff. Uh, so I earned the pirate outfit. And from that, I decided to go on a, uh, a didgeridoo massacre, you know, the the Australian <laughs> instrument. There's one level where the yeah, guy played the didgeridoo. Thing. That one. Yeah. yeah, so I stole his didgeridoo. Mm-mm. And then I was just, as a pirate, sneaking around Miami, hiding behind corners and throwing didgeridoos at people, knocking them out. And I knocked out <laughs> like 30 people. And that's the example, like the kind of fun that you have with that game, why it makes it so replayable, is because you make up your own challenges too. You make up your own stories in your head. You're telling yourself, "Okay, I'm this. I'm a pirate in Miami, and I'm going to knock people out with a didgeridoo." Go. And it's just <laughs> there's so many things you can come up with on, on your own to entertain yourself with the game. You can yell, "Didgeridoo die!" That's yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> Let's say that nice. just sounds like Florida man. <laughs> there is pirate. a character. There is a character in that level called Florida Man. Oh, I'm not joking. And you can steal his outfit, and he's got a hat, and he's got a ponytail, and he wears the neon tank top and all that stuff and you got sunglasses so they thought of everything in that game but my referring to my my uh quote at the top which is you know i couldn't i can't do record videos anymore i'm having some kind of trouble i can't explain it to where my switch just one day said uh here's the message it said the system memory holds up to 100 videos you cannot save any more videos to it this really perplexed me because i have a one terabyte video card well, and also, Which, and also, what I thought was weird about that is it's a hundred videos for the actual base system of the Switch. But if you have a card in there, they let you save a mm-hmm. thousand videos. Right. So, like, once you and I've had that happen before, where there's still there's still like a space available on my card, but it won't do it because it's recorded a thousand videos. So you have to actually delete the videos or whatever to get through there. And that's what I thought it was. But you, 
but you've only been saving directly on the system, so you don't have anything on the card as so far as videos go. What it was was I I bought the card and I got the card. I think it was in December or or November maybe, and I took the time to up to put the card in my computer, upload all the videos to Google Drive, and wipe the card clean. So all my my videos are that I've been saving for four or five years or whatever. Those are all on Google Drive now. And so I started this new card, one terabyte. Um, put my games on there, and I think it filled it up to about you know ha- halfway or so with games. And I had half a terabyte of empty space left to go. So then I get this message the other day that my card that that and I also set it, of course, to save the videos to the card. So then I get this message, and and so I double check it to see, okay, where am I saving my videos to? Sure enough, I am set on the settings to save my videos to the SD card. So why is it telling me that I? hit my limit of 100 videos on the system i'm not saving it to the system not only that but i have plenty of space on the sd i have 523 gigabytes on the sd card so somehow that even though i had already set it to save the sd card it is saving videos to the system memory or at least some part of the the switch thinks that it is saving videos to the system memory erroneously when it's not you know i tried copying the videos from the screenshots from the system memory to the sd card and Another message pops up saying that the SD card is full. Uh, and you can see, like I took a screenshot where the message is in the for- in the forefront of the screenshot. And then the background is it's saying that the memory card is only half full. So it's a self-contradictory image where the switch is telling me that it's full and it's, and it's not at the same time. Uh, even, I even tried copying the files one by one. And then when I did that, it said no micro SD card is found. Well, at the same time, I can go to the, the storage and see that the switch says that these are the games that are on your SD card. There's the little logo that says they're on the SD card. Hmm. So something is happening, happening internally with the switch that is screwing this up. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. So I went to Reddit and I confirmed that a couple other people are having the same problem. And this was just after the last update, which was like you know, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago or something like that. I have no idea what to do, but one day when I find the time to call Nintendo, I'm going to call them up and, see what, what they can do yeah that's a that's weird because I, I was before we were recording we kind of talked about this a little bit but uh john and i we have the same we have the same card i think because we both bought it from amazon mm-hmm. for the same deal right well well yours it was different price differences or whatever i got the deal later you got it before but but mine's been fine like i've had no problem yeah. i'm still i still have 800 some videos on mine and i've been Mm-hmm. recording you know pokemon stuff and, and all that and it hasn't been a problem so i, I don't know i always yeah. say like you know try resetting but i'm sure you did that already that always seems to be fixed whatever yeah. the problem is and yeah probably it's the same just memory card correct I, I haven't actually taken it out to look at it but i think um, so i don't want to take that, that right now but yeah. I, I think so yeah <laughs> i mean you can always check yeah. your check your orders on amazon and all that but uh yeah i'd I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe give Nintendo a call or something like that and see if they can help you out. Yeah, I got no idea because there's a couple of funny things that have happened. I'm just like, oh, man, I hit the record button and, and you know, I still can't save it. So it's a bummer. I was playing something funny in Hitman happened the other day, a funny glitch where uh, this guard was chasing after me. I was sneaking away. I went around the corner. I hid in a box. And then when you're inside the box, you can kind of see, you know, sort of a uh, a vision of what's outside the box you can see the guard come around the corner i saw him looking for me and all that and the guard says out loud he goes he's gone and then the guard glitched out like he's a, he's gone and then the guard, the guard disappeared like a magician like uh-huh. he was just gone out of thin air and i thought that was so funny and i'm like oh i missed that i couldn't record that that'll never happen again um now i, I don't have the evidence so oh, no. he's gone now bummer he's just gone now you now you gotta find a way to hook it up to your computer and record all of it keep it forever right no uh yeah that that's a shame but yeah hopefully hopefully you can get that yeah get, a, get that worked uh, out 
get an Elgato. <laughs> Should. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a process, especially for the newer Macs that don't have USB drive or USB. Well, it has like the one and you got to get yeah. you adapters get port port. and all that stuff. Well, I guess there's that wireless one that might work that's cheaper. I don't know. That's a whole, that's a whole nother headache thing on that. But, uh, but yeah, but hopefully, yeah, you get that figured out or at least like call Nintendo and have them help you. Hopefully. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention, this is not video game related, but it's a project that both Trey and I worked on. It's show related. Um, it involves like yeah, show related. Two thirds of the of the hosts here, so I'll allow it. So um, I've been working on. We've been working on a movie called North of the Ten. I was a writer on it and traded the sound, and I also did. Uh, I also did graphics for it. Um, managed the graphics team. And the credits, the credits too. That was what. Uh, credits too. Yeah, I just That's rea- what I was doing last week. <laughs> I just realized last week I was trying to make a pun to Jeremy about it, but I realized that Jeremy didn't actually know that you were doing the credits. So that mm. was why you were giving me such a puzzled look when I said like. John won't be here, but let's give him credit to to making the outline and all that. I was trying to make a pun about like why you weren't there, but then I realized after mm-hmm. I was like, wait, but John only sent that text to me. It wasn't in the. I thought since we always talk in the Slack, <laughs> That's, since, I understood. What since I we heard. always I since we always talk in Slack, I thought that that everything that John tells me, Jeremy knows also. That's like just how my brain goes. <laughs> so I thought you were in on the joke, but then I realized while I was editing it, I was like, oh wait, no, he didn't know what I was talking about because John didn't text him directly about it. So you whatever. did see credits this week. Yeah, so, so I did. I saw credits on. So there you go. The yeah, movie that I, I co-wrote. So I co-wrote it with. I should mention I co-wrote it with uh, my friends Adam Key and Ryan Lamar, who also directed the movie. And then uh, on the graphics, I worked with Chris Jamerson and Lisa Jones, two amazing artists. And, and the movie. Uh, all this to say, the movie is coming out next week, and you can watch it on February tenth. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it's like I couldn't believe it's so quick. Like uh, I thought because yeah. they. I mean, for the longest time they hadn't had the ending done, but I guess they they did that like pretty recently oh yeah or something we but worked hard and yeah, sure, we, we, yeah we pulled it off i'm sure, I'm sure you did um, yeah but it but you know for it's it has to do with the show too like when i was gone in abu dhabi for two weeks like that was for that movie and yeah. you know, and all that stuff and i worked on that movie for mm-hmm. what, like six weeks or something like that it was a long, long time, time. Yeah, last last year in june so i'm so, interested i'm interested to see it but yeah it's uh yeah, i encourage everybody to watch it you can watch it on february 10th on bet plus and you can get bt plus a, a free uh, trial it's a seven day trial so uh look up bet plus and and watch our movie north of the 10 on february 10th and a little bit about what the movie is about it's about five guys who are trying to make it in the entertainment industry this takes place around 2008 and they've got a gamer character in there for uh, people who'd be interested in that um yeah so they're trying to make it in the entertainment industry and they they are happen they happen to be coming up around the time of social media and so they ended up uh, finding their way in. And so for who's in it, uh, you know, we got George Lopez, Jaleel White. We got um, some of the original uh, social media stars, like they storm power is the main character in there. Uh, King batch makes a cameo. Don Benjamin. You forgot, Jaleel White's you, forgot, you forgot Don yes. Benjamin, the Whoa. main, the main character. Don Benjamin. Uh, well, yeah. Jaleel White, a lot of the, I mean, they're like cameos. Like I, I actually yeah. didn't get to work with Jaleel White. I think that was LA stuff, but uh but I did meet George Lopez. He was cool. Actually, my favorite person was um, T. So the main guys are Don Benjamin, Tosin Morohan Fola, uh, was good. They storm power and Matt Rafe. Yeah, they're the mains. Uh, the main one. Um, what was it? Uh, Tosin. Mm-hmm. Tosin. He was. Uh, he was actually in a in a really good horror movie that's on Netflix called The Black Box. If you haven't seen it, he's he's in that as well as North of the Ten. It's too bad you didn't get to meet Jaleel because like I've seen stuff with him recently. He's Voice coming of Sonic. back up, but. He's coming back up in the uh, the weed business. Yeah, I've seen his ads for. He's got a. For his he's business. got his yeah. own weed brand called Purple Urkel. 
Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like spelled differently, or there's something about it where he's not, he doesn't have to worry about the trademark. Like he, it's okay for him to use it with his, as his character, he owns the name somehow. I don't know. I don't understand how it works, but it's pretty crazy yeah. that he can use. It'd be like if Dustin Diamond did like Screech Cologne or something. <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That, that's funny. Oh, and I said not to mention, didn't Jaleel White wasn't he the voice of Sonic at one point? The Sonic the Hedgehog. He was. He was. Yeah, yeah. A lot of video game connection. True. So, so there you go. I'll, I just want to say, uh, Michael T. Williamson was one of my favorite uh, star. Yeah, he's a really nice guy to meet yep. on there. He played uh, Bubba and Forrest Gump, but he was super nice oh, cool. to me. Really, really cool. Talked to me about my audio setup and all that, and really chill. Like I, he was actually yeah. probably one of my, what probably my favorite. Uh, cameo persons that was on there i just thought he was just like a really yeah. a really solid dude and it was cool to meet him i've talked to him a lot he's a very genuine person so yeah i'm really i'm really interested to see how it comes together and i was i was planning on buying it on amazon prime or whatever when it when it came out but now you can watch it uh streaming and i didn't even know they never even told us that they had a streaming deal and all that i know there was some sort of deal with it so that's interesting that's cool that that, that it's will be seen so soon after after we did it so i'm yeah. really interested to see how it turned out because like i said i only I, I i mean i did like so many weeks of it but that was only a percentage of it there was still like some stuff that they did elsewhere that i didn't even see so it wasn't all the story and all that stuff so yeah february 10th bet plus get your free trial and uh, watch the movie yeah listen to uh the audio and the writing and all that and all that stuff yeah thank you everybody i greatly appreciate your support cool all right well uh we're you know we're, we're kind of at most of the episode here but i just want to talk about a couple things before we go, like I know, like some of them are bigger subjects for other for other podcasts, maybe. But I do want to mention, uh, I guess, right off the top, uh, you know, last week, what was it? Two weeks ago, we talked about Microsoft buying uh, Activision and all that. We have another acquirement this <laughs> this week, uh, not from Nintendo, but you know, still, I think it's worth mentioning somewhat. Uh, Sony buying uh, Bungie for yeah, yeah. so th- there's another another acquiring of a. Uh, of the thing and uh what's his face uh jeff Keeley like threw in on twitter where he's like he's he's doing the whole like laura kate dale or whatever thing where he's like oh i know about other ones that are gonna happen soon like you know doing that thing where people are like oh i know that nintendo is doing another game it just reminded me of the are you hyping us up for the game awards again <laughs> probably right but it was kind of i thought it was funny that he jumped in on it and he's like oh no this is just the beginning there's like five others and they're coming soon you know it very much sounded Pay like attention those, to my twitter account yeah it, it sounded yeah. like the emily rogers and the people that are like always like you know like oh no this other thing is coming out that i know about that you don't know about but it's you know it was just kind of funny that he, that he was doing Nintendo's it was going to do more stuff yeah it was just, yeah. It nintendo was cool. is acquiring microsoft and sony <laughs> well I, I mean that old money well, I mean, there's another like interesting story like involved in this is uh, mm-hmm. Sony is actually making a game on Nintendo, like a MLB yep. The Show 2022 is coming out for Nintendo Switch, which I was like, that kind of like was like I was like, wait, what? Okay, yeah. And it's not and it's not streaming either. It's not cloud. This is like native. This is running native on the system. Like I looked it up on the because it's on the eShop, and I think it's like a you know it's a decent amount of gigs to download. So that means that it's actually running native and it's not a cloud thing. I thought it was going to be a cloud immediately. Because just because it's like a PlayStation property and all that. And there's and there's like on Twitter, Nintendo of America put it on Twitter and there's a trailer that says like Sony presents and will be the show on Nintendo. And I'm just like, weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so on Facebook, uh, Doug Perry from IGN, classic IGN was uh, commenting on all the acquisitions that are happening, including uh, he was specifically talking about New York Times acquiring Wordle. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what is going on today with all these acquisitions and stuff and so i mentioned also yes and sony's making a, a switch game 
um, so he, uh, he, he, he commented back to me with a, a theory, which I thought I think is correct. So what he said was, yes, this is interesting. I'm guessing the show needed more players and Nintendo systems are always short on third party games, but also maybe going looking forward, uh, they're setting stage for more cross platform titles, signaling to the world that this is not just, uh, it's not just Microsoft. This could be a trial run of sorts. So I think that's probably about right. Cause if you look at, you know, the, the amount of baseball fans who own PlayStation, they probably maxed out on, on, on those players and we're like, well, we got to keep this online community going somehow. So let's open it up to switch. Who is maybe they're trying to see, maybe they're starting to see that like Microsoft switch is not really a direct competitor. So it was okay to do that. Think about like back in the day, uh, you might not get games on Nintendo that you got on PlayStation or whatever, Nintendo 64, super Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. But guess where you were getting them game boy. They're putting like (laughs) really crappy versions of Tomb Raider and stuff like that on the Game Boy. And, you know, sure, that's a Nintendo console, but we don't have a portable console. So we got to tap into that market. Well, I think that they're just giving up on having their own proprietary portable consoles because with streaming and everything moving at the rate it is. Since they put the coffin nail into Vita, you know, they're just, they're not going to do another one after that. So it's like, why not tap into that market? Why not? You know, this might be our same base, but they also have a Switch. And they want to take the game with them to go. So, yeah, I think it's smart. And that's just kind of further solidifying the fact that, yeah, they really don't see Nintendo as a competitor. They see it as a potential income stream. Yeah. More so. Well, if you if you think about it, like, um, I, I feel like that's true. Like, we, I wouldn't give up having a PlayStation, but I also would, like, I have a Switch also. And I feel like that's a lot of people. Like, a lot of people have the Switch also. And so you're not really losing your PlayStation market. You're just getting people who might only have a Switch and still retaining the people that already, you know, I mean, there's no real foul there because the Switch is portable. So you're right. They're not doing the the Vita anymore. There's, it makes more sense to do it that way. I think. I I heard MLB, the show is good. I mean, well, as far as baseball games go, I don't really play baseball games, but I know like uh, people that I listen to that like sports games, like really like it. So if it was like a football game, which we don't have any football games, but if there was one on Switch, that they were doing, I would buy it just to support it. But I mean, I guess they all the mutant football league or whatever. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, I mean, there's like mutant football and there's like some arcade archive stuff that has football Mm -hmm. on. There's like a tech mobile on there and there's, there's there's the actual tech mobile arcade. And there's also the tech mobile game on the NES that's in switch online, but there's Mm -hmm. no like Madden, which I always thought was such a really weird move considering that we had wet Madden on Wii U. Nobody bought that system, but there were a couple Maddens on that still, you know, it's like, I'll never get it. Yeah, so I would, I don't know if, if it was a sport I actually cared more about. I would I would think about doing it just to like support sports games on Switch because we don't really see much of them. But but I mean, hopefully hopefully people do you know, and it and it Nintendo works. Needs out to well bring their strikers and whatever their other Mario <laughs> games were. Mario football. We need a Mario football game. There you go. <laughs> I, 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 spin off of the Let soccer Char- one. <laughs> Charge and Chuck and finally shine. Yeah, Charging Chuck. He's the my most played golfer on Mario on Mario Golf. I like that he's a he's multiple. He plays all the sports. Even though for for some reason they let him throw his golf ball like a like a football, I don't, I don't know. Jackson, he's Deion Sanders. The real the rules <laughs> of Mario Golf Super Rush is weird. That's his uh, super move is to take the ball and throw it like a football. I'm like, that's not legal. <laughs> you have to use your. I thought you had to use your golf club, but nope. I guess but not. you never saw Arnold Palmer play. <laughs> he would do that, and then he'd drink an iced tea lemonade after. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing. I love those iced tea lemonades. It, Nintendo had like a pretty 
like long history with baseball games and i'm only knowing this now because we're retro collecting all of them some of them mm. are horrible oh nice. but <laughs> some of the best um baseball games are we're on like nes and stuff so Baseball, <laughs> oh, yeah like ken griffey jr they own the mariners for a while yeah oh the, i love those yeah. i mean ken griffey jr baseball uh, uh the super nintendo was the first one i played the shit out of that in high school that was the that Base was Wars. the that was the baseball game that i played the most of but there are some really cool uh, baseball arcade stuff on the switch now i mean i can't can't mention don't uh, don't forget like baseball all-stars uh the snk game is really good there's also yeah. like that cyber one i forget what it's called but there's a futuristic one as well and there's also like another one that's on the super nintendo nintendo switch online that has like some super moves worked into the game as well that's really good so there are some baseball games on there, but as far as like current, you know, like rosters and all that, mm. and I think it's time. I think it's like day and date the same as because uh, it's coming out in April, and if I remember correctly, isn't isn't that when baseball starts? Like around like April first normally, because I remember the so, Cubs playing like one of their first right. games like on April first, mm. and everybody made fun of it like years ago. But yeah, I know it's around like beginning of April. I think when baseball starts, so that must be. I think that's the actual release date too for the Switch one, so they're not like delaying it as far as far as I know. So, were you talking about um, Super Baseball Simulator One Thousand with the yeah. Ultra League and all the weird stuff? We've been playing the hell out of that. That's lately. the one. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the one that's on the Nintendo Switch Online. It's a uh, it's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize there's all these extra powers and stuff on there, which makes it a lot more interesting. But yeah, it's, it's a cool game. Is it like Base Wars? Kind of, I guess. I mean, you should like I, I played it regularly, just as a regular. Uh, baseball game and i'm like eh, it's fine but then i found out then i just like did some research on it and i'm like oh wait no i didn't realize there's all these there's like super powered teams and stuff and you can do these extra like crazy pitches and and you know and there's like items and power-ups and stuff in it so it has this whole other side of the game that i didn't know about until yeah we yeah. we use that because my husband kicks my ass at baseball games and uh so i play the ultra league and he'll play a normal league <laughs> <laughs> see if I can dig out a victory. But it's a lot of fun because they're just completely ridiculous power-ups like lightning and the screen flips. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So uh, give it another give it another shot, Jeremy. It is kind of... I mean, well, if you have time to pull yourself away from Arceus, which I understand if you don't. But, uh, yeah, no, according to um, the internet, it says that MLB The Show 22 will actually release on all the systems at the same time. So that's good. So PlayStation 4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch on April 5th. So, so yeah, no no delay on there. So that's that's huge as well. So cool. But uh, as far as like Bungie, yeah, I mean, I, I never played Destiny or anything, so I don't really care. But I know they used to. They were originally like hate made Halo and all that, and that was an Xbox mm-hmm. thing, and now Sony owns it. So I guess there's like kind of some weird back and forth there. There's a that. weird flipperoo there, yeah, because yeah. Microsoft, which owns Halo now, but. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so that's so that's kind of. And I just saw an article too that was saying Bungie's reasoning for joining Sony. Um, they want to expand their IP into movies and TV, and Sony has the resources to do that. I mean, doesn't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> no more video game movies, please. I, I'm, I'm tired. Although the, the Halo trailer just came out this week. Yeah, no, I, I know there's a, I know there's like a Halo TV show on Paramount Plus, which I actually have, but I don't give a shit about Halo. So I'm what's that? Red versus that blue? Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, I mean it's actually called Halo something. I think um, one thing uh, I want to mention uh, for sure is a uh, Yacht Club had a had a stream, had a live stream yesterday. Yacht Club was presents, and they showed a new game that's actually not Shovel Knight related, and it looks really fucking cool. It looks really good. What's it called? A uh, Mina Mina the Hollower? Is that what it's called? Right. I think so. It's got a name. <laughs> Everything has a name. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Mean, mean of the Hollower is what's it called? What it's called, and it basically looks like a Zelda game, starring a Which mouse. Specifically, like Link, uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, it, it looks like a Zelda game star- starring a mouse with a whip. Uh, I showed it. To, I showed it to Jess because um, I thought that she would really like it. She's like, "Oh wow, this game looks great." Um, and there's a Kickstarter for it. Uh, it's projected to release it, you know, holiday next year. Of course, it's not coming out anytime soon, but. But watch the trailer of it; like it looks so good, and it's and just the mm-hmm. fact that it's coming from Yacht Club, who did Shovel Knight, which I love. Shovel Knight, I thought Shovel Knight was, I think Shovel Knight was probably like the first indie game I played where I was like, "Holy shit, this is like you know." Not that you should ever compare indie games to regular AAA titles, but at that time that it came out, I was doing that, and I was like, "Wait, this is this is just as good as like Super Mario Three or Three D World or whatever." But it's an indie game, and that and that soundtrack was like so good. Like I listen to that soundtrack so much of the. That's the thing. The Shovel Knight uh, soundtrack was amazing. This new, just in the trailer, that song in the trailer, and this new Mina, whatever it's called, Mina the Hollower. That song's so cool. It just sounds like somebody just really understood the NES hardware. I'm sure they're not using the actual hardware to do it, but it just sounds like they all those authentic sounds, but in a new way. And and I'm sure you got the same feelings that I did, Jeremy, watching it. It basically kind of looks like Splatoon. Also, did you catch that where you can dive under the levels and pop out? Like it, they they show it in the trailer, and I'm like, wait, this is this is also kind of like Splatoon on NES, sort of, but in a Zelda world where you're doing dungeons. Like that's what I thought of, where you're jumping into ink and jumping out. It's got kind of a like, like horror movie kind of feel. I don't know, like horror, like Dracula kind of vibe. Well, it's got yeah. They, they, you could say that it's a mixture of like Castlevania and uh, mm. and Legend of Zelda and all that. But regardless, like I think the sprite art looks amazing on it. Like the like the way the animations and the cutscenes like look really really good. I almost like threw thirty dollars down on the Kickstarter like right then when I saw the uh, when I saw the trailer because I'm like oh shit because if if you play on the six on the thirty dollar level you get the soundtrack as well because I always want to have the soundtrack. You get it for whatever. Um platform you want it that's what it said yeah platform of choice and i made sure it they did specifically say that nintendo switch will be the first or one they didn't say if it's exclusive but they did say that it will be like there will be no delay on it like when it's released it'll be released on nintendo switch so i mean it'd be really stupid not to right i feel like they've been pretty good at releasing their stuff on yeah I mean, even like Shovel Knight, first time I played it was on Wii U. So, I mean, like it was even back then they had like huge yeah. support for Nintendo systems. I had it on that. 3DS. Yeah, it was on Wii U yeah. and, and 3DS. And then it was also one of the first games that I bought for the Switch when I got that was uh, mm-hmm. Plague Knight because I just wanted to have something on there because I bought uh, Breath of the Wild on Wii U. But no, I think it I think it looks amazing and I'm really excited about it. It looks just, it just looks great. I mean, you could say it looks like a... A Game Boy Color game, but it looks better than any Game Boy Color thing that I've ever seen. Like it looks, it looks awesome. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. And they have such a great track record with making amazing games. And I, I think it's cool that they're finally doing something that isn't Shovel Knight. I mean, I love Shovel Knight, but it's, I, I like to see other properties on there. So I'll probably end up kickstarting it. And it's interesting that they did Kickstarter again, and they they already have like three hundred thousand dollars, like in the they like already hit their goal, I think, in like a day. So it's I was just looking at it, and you could just see it like jumping up, like in real time, just watching the see the numbers like climbing, and I'm like, that's that's cool. I wonder why they needed to kickstart it if they maybe they just wanted to again. I don't know. Maybe really like yeah. yeah. I think a lot of them do it just for the publicity. Like they know it's going to get funded. They know it's going to you know get made and all that. And it's almost like. Hey, why not? Do we want three hundred thousand extra dollars along with our publicity for this game? That's definitely going to get made anyway. Sure. I I figured that they were doing it because they had such success with the with the um, Kickstarter 
for yeah. um for uh hollow or not hollow night um for <laughs> shovel night oh yeah so so yeah i mean why not just do it again i mean that's kind of where it all started so i wonder if they did it too in 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 a sense, they did it because let's repre- let's recreate that narrative, even though we don't need to use Kickstarter this time. Let's get people involved. Let's get their feedback. Let's get them on the weird in-game items or whatever for what they pledged. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think it's almost like a collector thing, like for Kickstarter. Like, yeah, I you know I kickstarted this game and I got a cool like whatever. There's a lot of like interesting parts about Kickstarter. I, I it's a good yeah. and bad thing for games, I think, but. Uh, there are a lot of people who just look for that and they're like, oh, cool, I want to get in like on the ground level, you know, and just be part yeah. of like the creation of it, get my name in the credits or whatever, you know. I agree. I, There's a lot of companies out there who use it, not because they need to, but because it's a great tool to get into gamers' hearts and, you know, make them feel like they're part of it and uh, keep them on the hook until the game comes out. Well, yeah, all, that's not necessarily bad. It can be, but it's not necessarily. I, I think also what's great about it is like you're paying for the game now. Like you're basically saying like, Here's the I will like I support this game. Here's my money for the game, and then when the game com- comes out, you'll get it. You'll just automatically get it because you already paid for it. I like the idea of like the fans being able to support a game in that way, instead of like mm-hmm. putting so much money into a game and then having it released and then nobody buying it. You buy it before it's actually out, and then it's the idea is like you, the fan, is like producing this game that you love. You know, so I like that aspect of it. As long as it doesn't turn out like Star Citizen. Yeah, or I was uh, or like a. Uh, what was that? What was the Mega Man? The the non Mega Man one that was really bad <laughs> that the, that was oh, kickstarted. Right. I forget. There was like Mighty by, Number Nine. Mighty Number Nine. Yeah, that was like kind of another one that was like. Mm. Yeah, there's been some that's like d- didn't get to what you thought of, but I mean, I, I think in theory it sounds pretty cool. And and as I was the uh, they did already reach their goal. Like they were supposed to do raise like three hundred three hundred eleven thousand, and they're already at like four hundred fifty eight thousand. So and that and it's only been out for a day. So I mean that shows like how much people really want to see the game so or want to support the, the the company as well and and i'm watching it right now and it's just it's going up as i'm looking at it like every couple seconds it's raising yeah it's it's already hit four hundred fifty-eight thousand just now so i mean that's cool speaks to the immediate effectiveness of good for companies them. doing their own directs that's the reason that they surpassed three hundred thousand because they had this oh yeah they had their own director too yeah right they started with the well they started with with the quality game, you know, Sh- Shovel Knight, um, that built its own following, and people wanted to see what they were doing next. And so they said, "We're going to take the time to produce this whole feature to focus our, our on our next thing." And they put it out there, and then that translated to actual money coming into their studio. So they're smart, good for them. And they're also they're updating, they're adding like extra DLC stuff to uh, the whatever the Sh- Shovel Knight puzzler. The last, the last one that came out. So they are like adding stuff to stuff that's already there. So good for them. I think uh, one more thing before we go is I just want to mention it just because I got to experience it before it like goes away, sort of. But uh, Sega is selling all of their, uh, or they're selling their share in the uh, Sega Worlds in Japan, which which I just heard about, which makes me kind of sad because uh, Jess and I, we our our honeymoon was in Japan and we spent a lot of time in those Sega Worlds. We had a fun, weird stories involving uh, simulated gambling and, and and all that stuff, and and the Taiko drum fun and, and all that stuff, and yeah, and I know That's I think good. I think the arcades are still going to be there. They're just not going to be called Sega Worlds or something. I don't know yeah, exactly. Yeah, a different name. Yeah, no. it just seems weird to it? me because everywhere we went in Japan and Tokyo, like Sega Worlds are all over the place, and I always felt like no matter where we were, we had to walk into one regardless just to see the differences and we played uh we played like the luigi's mansion arcade in there we played yeah. like the newest like mario kart like we, we played the drum game and these other like uh 
these other crazy like rhythm games that we'd never seen before that involve like a touch screen and a wheel that you like move around and they had like the piano games and like other guitar hero stuff that isn't guitar hero you know they had like so many rhythm games and jeremy would love it there like there's a just a ton of them not to mention i played like the newest like house of the dead and like other like crazy mech games and they had like the fantasies the final fantasy dissidia arcade game like i i played a bunch of stuff while i was there and it was it was a great time aside from uh, it must have been strange yeah. just be walking around town and then see a sega store like i can't imagine that anywhere mm-hmm. in the united states yeah. like a sega store here what you know that must have been and to see them all over japan like you, you said you did um yeah it's sad that uh us americans can't go there and have that experience anyone can't can go there and have that experience yeah anymore we, we we i mean we must have gone to at least like five or six of them because we saw them like wherever we went like they were there's always a different one so i mean even like where we were staying like our airbnb there was one like maybe like five minutes away from there you could just walk you know they were they were all over the place so it's like and it's going to be weird for me like uh well i mean uh the yakuza games are they going to change it because in every yakuza game there's a sega world that you can go to and you can play specific arcade games within the game you know like kind of like shenmue i guess Sort of like Shen Shenmue, right? But yeah, um, Shenmue was the originator of yeah. that. Yep. But yeah, all the Yakuza games you can you could play. You could go to Sega World and play. Like you could play like Space Harrier, like Outrun, and even like the newer ones had like all of Virtual Fighter Five and stuff like that on there. And are the new Yakuza's just gonna have just gonna have it where it's just not Sega World anymore? That's I, that'd be weird. I guess since they're Sega properties, they could still call them Sega World or Sega Arcade or whatever. But it's just uh, that's a shame because yeah, we had we had a good time there. If you want to hear more adventures about Jess and I, uh, you could look up our other show podcast. How is it now? Which we haven't done any of lately, but if you go back to our honeymoon episode, we actually recorded two episodes in Japan where we talked about, uh, our arcade experiences and food and all that stuff. If you're looking to go back to that, but I'm good on news. If there's anything else you want to mention, say it now. Otherwise I'm good to end here. I think we're good. All right, cool. In my opinion. All right. So yeah, I'm going to wrap up the episode here. Uh, Thank you so much, Marielle, for being on the show. I think it was awesome. I didn't know you were actually reviewing the game as well. So I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, great. You actually so played through the whole thing. And I, I just I just knew that you were into it. And I was hoping to talk to you about it. But yeah, it's really, it's great having you on here. And it's nice to know that even after playing through it and reviewing and all that, you still like it. So. Oh, yeah, I still want to go back. So yeah, it's been fun. I, I don't want to. I'm afraid that I'm, I'm afraid that I'm loving it so much that it's going to like, I don't want it to like let me down later in the game. But you're saying it's pretty solid the whole way through. So I think makes, so. Yeah. yeah. And this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. Thanks for so much for hanging out for us, hanging out with us. And I know we get a little long winded on here, but thanks for chilling for the whole time. And uh, once again, let everybody know at, at who's listening where to find you on the internet. Um, uh, so mainly just find me at Third Coast Review, um, which is thirdcoastreview.com, which is we're we're Chicago based, but our game reviews and our film reviews and stuff like that uh, cover all sorts of stuff. So come hang out. And if you're in the Chicago area or not, um, or uh, at Third Coast RVW on Twitter. Um, I myself am at Roses Are Red 23, uh, which is a weird in joke. So, but yeah, that's where I am on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's time me on Twitter and uh, their coast review i think so nice and and i will put i will put the uh, website of course on the details of the of the podcast episode so you can find it there and of course uh follow us on twitter I'll, I'll post it you know under my name and tag you as well on that so you can find that and if you're looking for us on twitter you can find uh myself at at nintendo underscore domain jeremy at jmaxstack 
John is at John Knitter, but he doesn't really tweet, so I never really, <laughs> never really mentioned his name. But it, sometimes you do because you get a response on there. So there you go. I never tweet. I don't, my last tweet was I don't know five years ago. No, I mean, but but didn't you respond to Doug Perry through Twitter? No, on, on Facebook. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I, I thought you would like turn because you know any sort of like or any sort of comment is counted as tweeting in my opinion because it still shows up on your on your main profile. But uh, but yeah, that's a, those those are our twitters. Uh, if you want to yeah. support, Do to please check out North of the Ten February tenth yeah. on BT Plus. I'd really really appreciate it. Yeah, check out North of the Ten as well. Also, I'll put the trailer at the end of the episode here so you can hear it once our outro has happened. So stay tuned to listen to that, and then you can hear what the North of the Ten trailer sounds like. Check it out on BET, February 10th. And also, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. I actually just did a new, I started a new like $5 show on there, which I've actually wanted to do this for a while, but I'm, I'm doing like my own WART radio that's exclusive to Patreon where I basically take all of the music that I've used in the in the podcast episodes for the month and make it into a playlist that you can listen to as just the intro and outro break music and all that stuff. And that's oh, cool. and that's all of the stuff from the episodes including the expansion pack episode as well. So uh so it has the bonus Patreon stuff on there also and it's just uh that's another incentive for anybody who's giving $5 a month on there. So it was a lot of fun to do and this has been something that's been in my head for a long time and I finally like stuck to doing it. So I'm going to try to keep a list of all the stuff that I use in each of the episodes for the month. And then at the end of the month, I'll post it on the $5 level and you can listen to a nice little sweet uh, video game, you know, mixtape there of all the stuff that we've used on, on the shows for that month. So if you're interested in that, you know, patreon.com slash podcast, give it the $5 level and you'll have access to that. Not to mention the, you know, the videos of us recording this early before we, before we edit it. And, uh, and and also there's um, some merch that's available if you support for a certain amount of time. There's stickers and postcards that'll come out in the mail. Uh, I, I know a couple of the stickers were sent out to other people that got them, and I think they're really good quality. I've shown them before in here. And also, whenever I stream again, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I got really close to streaming Pokemon last night. I was just afraid of... I wanted to keep it pure. I was afraid somebody was going to come on there and tell me that I was playing it wrong or something like that. I'm like, don't, I'm like, don't destroy my joy. It, it, it reminded me of like when I was trying to get into Shin Megami Tensei on the stream and people would just come on there and just let me know that they know so much more about Shin Megami Tensei than I do. It's like, it's like, don't you want me to like the game? Do you have to like, uh, do you have to like belittle me on the stream here? Not that they were being mean, but I still felt kind of nervous that they're like, oh yeah, no, did you know this and this and this and this? And it kind of like makes you a little hesitant to keep playing it because you feel like you're out of your element or something like that. But but I, I do want to stream it because the game is like really, really fun to play. And I, I have a lot of fun playing it and maybe people want to watch it or something like that. Plus I haven't streamed since our episode 300, so I need to get back to that. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's that. Uh, thank, thanks again so much for being on the show. We are your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Mikowski. John Litter. And special guest, Marielle Boker. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks, guys.
Alright, let's go. Yes, you look so good. Who is that? Cam. Well, that's a simple name. Get out of the way. I want to teach you guys a few dance moves. Yeah. A little family recipe. I did make every pastry in that display case. Oh, I got past it. I make games. I call our house Vision Central. I love y'all. We're all creative and we support each other. Tonight on Model House. Everybody's working hard. Cam over there making lasagna shirtless. I wasn't aware of the domestic part of this show. I'm just a model. Pack your bags, Playboy. I just got something that I think you'd be perfect for. It's like a Mississippi burning and purple rain. Okay. What's up, guys? Boy Shane Brooks here. Let me see something strong. Give it to me. Yeah, okay. Getting kind of dizzy. This is it. We're doing this. We got a show to steal. Come on. You know Puff Daddy? Yes, I know. You got brothers. People who stand by you and lift you up. We're a team. Welcome to Hashtag Family, baby. <laughs> Women, holes, and movie stars. What is that? White, White people. people.